Good morning. Good morning. Shalom, shalom, brothers and sisters. Good morning. Good morning. Shabbat shalom. 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 Oh, good to see everybody. Shabbat shalom, family. Shabbat shalom. 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 Hey, Edith, I see you there. Hi. Shabbat shalom. Hi, James and Maria Isabel. Shabbat shalom. Hey, Jesse. Hi, hi. How are you? Hi. Hey, hey, Bettina. Hi, Debbie. Good to see you back. Hey, Stuart. Thank you. Good to see you. Shalom. All right. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. All right. We're going to. Shabbat shalom, Doc. Stephen. Hi, Shoshi. Hi, guys. Good morning, everybody. Shabbat shalom, everybody. Good morning. Good evening. Good evening Shabbat shalom, from Stephen. England. Hello, Stephen. Shabbat shalom. Hi. Hey, Shoshi. Right. Good to see you. Hey, Ray. Hi. Hi, Stephen. Shabbat shalom. Long time no see you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So glad you joined us. You know, Good morning. Hello, everyone. Hi, Karen. There, there you are. Hi. How are you? Good morning, everyone. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Eileen. Good to see you. Shabbat shalom. I see you. Hi, now, Lynn, I know that's not Lynn. That's over there. Hi, Jessica. Hi there. Hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi, Catherine. Hey, John. Right here. Okay, all right. Well, we have some new people that have joined us this week. And we're going to be getting more and more people here as, as you know, typically we admit people for like the first hour as people join us in the meeting. Today, we're going to have to kind of, we're going to have to limit this thing to about three hours today and no later. Okay, guys. I know you guys like to go longer, but. I can't do that today because I've got something coming up at high noon. You know, well, we should get started with the prayer. But before we get started, I got to tell you an Alaskan story. Okay. Yay. Hi, Raina. Good morning to you. Good to see you. So uh, here's the Alaskan story. I get this call from my dad, right? We're living in Anchorage at the time. I get this call from my dad. He says, you need to come home right now. I want to talk to you. I said, okay, all right, I'll get there. Well, his best friend lived about mm, two blocks down the street from us. And his best friend was, shall we say, a heavy drinker. You know, he, he had the motto, beer is not just for breakfast anymore, right? And uh, anyway, this fellow had been hammered for I don't know how long. But I get home, my dad says, well, Paul called me and uh, he's challenged me to a shootout at the corner of 8th and Turpin at high noon. Should I do it? And I said, no, you're not going to do any shootout at high noon at the intersection. It's not going to happen. What do you think this is? You know, Deb was like, well, I was thinking about it. You know, <laughs> going to go out and have a shootout. And only, and what, was, what was the impetus for the shootout? Too drunk to figure out anything else to do, you know. Anyway, welcome to Alaska. But, uh, but we have been having, a, we've actually been having a very good time. And Joshi, you had to admit that when it hit 45 degrees there in Florida, you know, you were only four degrees warmer than we were here Ooh, at the time. Wow. Only four degrees. Yeah. That's amazing. Pretty chilly. It was pretty chilly last night. Yeah, of course. Going down still, to 30. That was your, oh, really? Down to 30? 30 at night, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. All that cold air coming from Tennessee is doing it. Yeah. There's no storm. Loved it in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, where do you think that cold air got in Tennessee? Where do you think that came from? It came from here. you. 
came from yeah. us. You, you blew the wind down. That's true. We have, we have Father Winter up here to just, you know, push that stuff down there and inflict. Keep sending it. Keep sending it. Yeah, we like it. We like it. Because we wear a sweater. Yeah, there you go. You can change up your wardrobe and you can turn your air conditioner off for a little That's while. That's right. And the windows open. Come yeah, on down. Yeah. That's what we of course, We keep getting the testimony from Rob Barabinoff, you know, up there in Saskatchewan. Yeah. You know, where he's been hanging out in 34 below for like six months now, you know. So that's been kind of tough. I know Ray and Holly, what's it been over there in in uh, Okotoks? How's your temperature been there? Oh, man. Well, Celsius, we had uh, minus 20 something with a howling wind when we moved in here. Yeah, yeah. And it has just, yeah, we've had 26, but it feels like 35 Mm-hmm. Yeah, minus 35 Celsius, which is basically on par with Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, when you get it, when you get to 35, it's about the same thing, right? Cold. Cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cold. Yeah, now it's warmed up, so we're good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's been, yes. We got a p- couple of people, looks like they're trying to get in, they can't get in. Eileen, oh, yeah. uh, Wendy's trying to get in, and she can't get in for some reason. Well, I'm admitting people as they show up on the screen. Yeah. So she, I, I got Wendy, uh, Dan, my- Danielle Love is trying to get in. Yeah, Danielle, Linda, Maria. Yeah, I yeah, I know. I'm I, I'm I'm over here on the click. I'm clicking okay, it. Okay, Wendy's trying to get in. She can't get in for some reason. Okay, all right. Now you guys also know you can you can use the chat. If you got a question, just raise your hand. But keep in mind that we're gonna have to go a little bit shorter today than, than Okay, you. she's in. Okay. okay, all right, good, good. Glad we everybody got in. Okay, so let's pray here this morning as we welcome the morning Shabbat. Right. So for those of you who believe Shabbat starts at, at in morning and goes to evening. Or for those of you who believe that Shabbat starts Friday evening and goes to Saturday evening, either way, we're in the middle of it, so we can pray. <laughs> All right. Heavenly Father, we give thanks today, and we, we lift up your name and give great praise that you have been with us in this fellowship and that you continue to guide us and keep us. And we pray, Father, that you would maintain a sense of community between us and that we would all be able to look to one another and to trust in one another and to love one another as brothers and sisters. Thank you, Father. We pray for the healing and the health of those who are not feeling well. We pray for those who are struggling financially, that you would take care of them, Father. As you have clothed the sparrow, clothe them. As you have fed the hungry, feed them. Okay, hold on. We have somebody we've got to mute. And so with that, Father, we lift today to you in all blessings. May we be a blessing to you. May your spirit be with us. May your ruach be upon us as we speak this morning. Amen. So anyway, brothers and sisters, it is just so good to see you all here today. And I and um, I think if you've got some quick questions, let's go to a couple of those questions right off the bat. Let's open up. Catherine, what have, what have you got for us this morning? Oh, yeah. Yes. No, I thoroughly enjoyed the Sefa um, lesson. Uh, very, very good. I recommend people join. Um, the only thing is I'm having a problem with, because I'm using my phone, all your notes that come up are very small and I can't read the alphabets or anything else. Would it be possible if the Sefa Academy can email us your little notes? Yeah, in fact, all of we're, us, going to, we're going to make the um, in our local libraries. Yeah, we're going to make the we're going to make the PowerPoint available on Sefer Academy. So if you're yes. if you're a registered Please. student, you will be able to get that PowerPoint. And that way you'll be able to that way you'll be able to check right in on it. Okay. You'll be able to get that PowerPoint. 
online at Zephyr Academy. Because I haven't started my learning yet. <laughs> well, I know I what you're couldn't... talking about. I mean, if you want to know the truth of it, neither have the rest of us. No, I'm just oh. kidding. I'm just kidding, Catherine. You know, the fact is, is that it's just I need to with... print it on an A4 paper. Yeah, yeah. I'll get no, it no, on we'll, we'll get the library. We'll get the PowerPoint to you. We'll get it to you. Yeah, and then you can have you'll have the whole presentation right there. And oh, uh, super. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that recommendation, Catherine. And thanks for the question. Okay. Thank and Joshi, did you have something okay, for us this just morning? A, Hey, Doctor. Yeah, I, well, I have to stop calling you Doctor P. I have to keep forgetting. Steve. You can call me Doctor P. Or you can call me Stephen. Nah, Stephen nah. We want to make you our brother, brother, not our teacher, right? You want to be yeah, called amen. Stephen. Hey, listen, I want to ask you a quick question about the now that the um, the whole Supreme Court thing went down about the uh, under businesses, you know, no, no more of that. Um, so, how do you think that's going to play into everything since they've disallowed well, that in that state? By the way, Governor DeSantis is not allowing that healthcare thing to go through. Oh, that's so the healthcare good. people will not, he's not allowing that mandate to go through here in the state of Florida. Yeah. And again, that I like that about DeSantis. I really do. I mean, the fact is the states have the right to assert state authority and just say, forget it. Yep. You know, up in Washington, they're trying to open up Auschwitz and, and, and uh, Dachau again, you know, and when they had the public meeting, the uh, people came in and, and um, you know, they gave their opinions and their opinions were like, we're going to burn your house down if you do this. <laughs> you know, I mean, people were so angry and so mad. And then the, the health board admitted, well, uh, we're just trying to do this for the homeless. Right. Oh, you mean, didn't you mean the gypsies? Weren't you trying to do that for the gypsies first? Isn't wasn't that, wasn't that how it started in Germany? You start with the gypsies and then you move. Right, on right, that. right. And so and so they just don't want to admit that they're basically Nazis and they're creating concentration death camps, which is what they're doing. And, you know, so I think most people, and I don't think it's a party line thing. I think most people understand that when you open up a concentration camp, you've gone, uh, you know, you've crossed a line that's, you know, impassable. And uh, so, you know, I think what's going to happen is DeSantis is really leading the way in terms of trying to bring independence to a state. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we're trying to get similar things done here in Alaska. But, you know, Alaska, we have, we have a different set of priorities up here. I mean, really massively different uh and so you know i think and that of course you have to remember that the supreme court ruled one way on the osha fine no and they ruled another way for medical the care mm -hmm. they said the government does have the ability to do it if if the um if they're accepting medicare and medicaid funds yes i cms so, right yeah so what's going to happen there is you're going to see a lot of private providers <laughs> are going to go, well, I'm bouncing out, right? There'll be a right. lot of private providers that will just say, we're not taking Medicare and Medicaid anymore. So yeah. the nurses, right? There's already 169,000 bed shortage in the ICU nationwide right now. And with this new reg, it's going to drop. They're going to lose another 40,000 beds. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know that you know that our current president, his administration are at war with the American people. Oh, yeah. He said so openly. And now that they're at war with the American people, they want to take everything from us. Well, you know, you, you've been taking our social security money our whole life mm -hmm. and you really don't get to breach that contract, you know, sorry. And, you know, but they, they intend on doing these things. And so as they're at war with us, we have to keep in mind that I think that Yah is doing spectacular things right now, Shoshi. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, how many of you saw the, uh, the, the Jim Staley 
word. Yes, that was amazing. Yeah, did you guys all catch that? I, I felt in my spirit it resonated that it was true. I really did. I know some people didn't yeah. agree, but I really felt it was. Yeah, I thought there were many aspects. So, we, we analyzed it last night and looked at it. And, you know, it's scriptural. It's certainly scriptural. Exactly. I mean, I think there is a, there might be a question as to whether or not, uh, you know, who the bride is. Right. There's is a question. The sure. Because, you know, that the only time the bride is ever defined in scripture is in Revelation 21, where it right. tells us that renewed Jerusalem. Jerusalem. That's yeah. right. But then people mm-hmm. look to the parable of the virgins and yep. they said, well, the virgins are, you know, but, it, but that's a parable. Remember, that's a parable. Yes. Right? He says the kingdom of heaven is like, like the bridegroom, you know, who wants the virgin, you know, to mm-hmm. come to the wedding party. Mm-hmm. And there's another parable to the wedding party where uh, the father says, okay, we're going to have the wedding banquet. Invite all of our friends and family, you know, to come to the wedding yes. banquet. And, and all the guests have an excuse. Mm-hmm. Right? They all have an excuse. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Oh, I have an appointment. Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to make that. And none of them showed up. And it, it's such an important parable because Yah yeah. is telling us that his chosen people elected to bow out. Yes. And he said, okay, well, then I'm going to invite everybody. Go out and invite everybody. Mm-hmm. So they do. And, but what happens when everybody shows up? How, who lets you in with no wedding garment on? That's right. A sunny Verboski shot. What was that? That's Malik. Every, yeah, everybody's hey, got to shut their mics off. Yeah, yeah, it just it, it breaks through every now and then. But you know, yeah. the thing is, is that when you when you look at that parable, Shoshi, mm-hmm. it's it's an incredible parable because you see that even after the admittance, Yah looks to people to see whether or not you are in a wedding garment. Did you take right. any of this seriously at all? Or are you just here to eat the meal, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and Jim pointed that out, I think, in his word. And, and uh, you know, let's assume that the word was an inspired word. Mm-hmm. When Jim pointed it out in his word, he pointed out something uh, very, very uh, important in that. He was he said, you know, a lot of people who think they're in the kingdom of heaven are right. not. They're right. not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the idea of and that Yah is going to be able to quickly discern. He can quickly tell where your heart is. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, you know, we've talked about this, I don't know, I don't know how many times at, at our local fellowship. But, you know, the, the teaching that has gone on in the, in the churches has been, has been, well, give an altar call, get yes. your fire insurance, right? Get your fire insurance. I've heard it called fire insurance. And now you're good to go. That's it. And you can never lose your salvation. Oh, that's a Baptist. If you go you out shall there never you, lose your salvation. The Baptists you know, say that you cheat and you commit adultery and you steal and you rob and you murder mm-hmm. and on and on and, and you do it your whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you gave an altar call when you were 17. You're never going to lose mm-hmm. your salvation, right? Yeah. But yet, but yet Paul, the, the hated Paul says, work out your salvation with fear. Fear and life, trembling. Right. Endure unto the end. Right. Mm-hmm. Who is faithful unto the end. Right. And mm-hmm. so we see that there's something entirely different that's being taught in scripture. And yet, and we, but we're starting to see a, a big shift in the church. Mm-hmm. And the shift in the church is some of the churches are getting worse, right? Like uh, Ricky was describing to us last night, baptisms that are being done with a slip and slide, you know, twisty slip and slide into the pool with rock music blaring, you know. You know, the churches that are trying to reach people 
Well, we want to reach people. Well, how are you going to reach? We want to, we want to reach, you know, where they're at. Well, first of all, that's bad grammar. It's where they are. You know? Yes. I mean, did you hear the guy that went up to Bill Withers and he said, look, Bill, we love your singing, but the, but the song Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone is bad grammar. It's bad grammar. And you know what his response was? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Don't tell that joke. That is too funny, Dr. P. That out oh, Steven. Sorry. Hey, you know what? Well, the other thing in Jim Staley's thing I thought was very interesting. First of all, one of the things he says, and they shall know your name. You saw that. And the thing about the deja vu, about you will know each other. Remember we talked about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know you know shall know other. each other. Yeah, That's yeah. What we feel in the, in the Ruach that we know each other, that we knew each other before. Our spirits and our souls are connected to each other. We, you, we just sense it, you know? When you yeah, get amen. together with a group of people, it just flows really, really well. I mean, we even said we said that even in our um, in the Telegram group and in the other Zoom groups that I have that have come in. You have a small group of people, and it's just you just we just feel like we know each other. It's an yeah, amazing we know thing. each other. Yeah, and you know, right? and the thing is, is, even people who are on the dark side, you know, when they see us, they immediately mm -hmm. recognize us, just like the you demons know, like, did, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was at, I was at a dinner once in uh, Washington. And there was this actor who had come in from New York who had grown up in the area and was seeing friends. And I was going to talk to her and just say, hi, how are you? This, you know, I'm so-and-so glad to see you. What glad to meet you. And she took one look at me and was like, no way. I'm not going over there. No way, no way, no way. I'm thinking, all right, well, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe my deodorant wasn't working that day. I don't know. But you know, but I, but I, but I got to tell you, Josie, I mean, you're right. And I think what he was saying about the name, you know, we talked about, again, you know, I find myself over the years getting more and more involved in the name. Me too. And some of the things that we I'm have found, like, on my shirt. of course, a lot of people, it, that, right? yeah, a lot of people that are coming out of the roots. There you go. Nice, nice shirt. I always, people, and that's how I declare Yaz's name all over. Yeah, Wear all my different shirts. And so when people come out and they say, they come out and they say, uh, well, I'm a follower of Yahweh Yeshua, right? And so we had a discussion about that last night. I said, you know, the thing is, I didn't realize this until I was looking closely at the Hebrew, right? Because when you divorce yourself from the Masoretic vowel sounds, mm -hmm. you can see what's actually written, not disguised. And in the Masoretic sound, they add uh, an additional vowel mm -hmm. to, the, to the name Esau. Right. Add an additional vowel to it because it's really a su, a su. Now, as soon as you hear the name a su, you realize what happened. Rome translated his name as Esau. Right. Rome translated his name as Esau. And then when it got to Constantine, he gave it a Greek span and switched it over to Jesus. And so Yeshua means his name shall be blotted out. Why? Because it is a derivation of Esau. It's a derivation of Esau. That's what the Yahudim say. Yeah, yeah. They, so they say it all the time, that his name may be blotted out. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's the 19th paragraph of the Amidah, the standing prayer, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've and the it. thing is, is that, you know, you can say may his name be blotted out, but they've been saying that for 2,000 years and it ain't worked mm -hmm. so far. <laughs> but, no, you know, it's just being elevated. Yeah, but the thing it's is, when you, when you talk about the revelation of the, of the name, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. when we talk about it, you know, we know that we know that Yahusha was is revealed and known by all of the 20th century interpreters. Why? Because the 20th century interpreters in Hebrews chapter eight believe that that discussion of Jesus referred to Joshua, son of Nun, Joshua, you know, when he led the tribes in. Right. Why did they believe that? Well, because if you read a Greek polyglot, if you have a Greek Old Testament and Greek New Testament, and you read it, you will see that the name Jesus was used for Joshua, the mm-hmm. one who took them out of the wilderness. Right. The book is called Jesus Navi in the Greek. Prophet. So if Jesus is the name of Joshua in the Old Testament, then Jesus would be the name of Joshua in the New Testament. So whatever the true Hebrew name of Joshua is, would be the name of Mashiach. Now, right. people say, oh, no, it's Yeshua. Why do you think it's Yeshua? Well, uh, because that means salvation. Yeah. But Yeshua, number one, is a feminine verb. Premise number one. Mm-hmm. Premise number two, there was a fellow named Yeshua who joined with uh, Nehemiah or Ezra in yeah. helping to construct a second temple. Okay. Right. So he's mentioned a couple of times in the book of Ezra. So Miriam being instructed by the angel Gabriel says, you know, let's find this name out of Ezra and the construction of the second temple. Then you can name your son after that. Mm-hmm. Don't name your son after the most notorious Messiah in the history of the chosen people who led the house of Yasharel into the promised land. Don't name him after that. Name him after this guy who was a kind of add-on contractor who helped build the second temple, right? Mm-hmm. And no, that's not true. And so why Husha? Because Joshua's original name was Husha. Husha, Husha right. Moshe changed it. Yeah, Moshe. So Moshe comes in and says, I'm going to add Yah to that because you aren't the one who brings salvation. You're not the one who brings redemption. You're not the one who brings deliverance. Yah, through you, is who brings deliverance. And right. so Moshe names him Yahusha. And so when we see that now, we can start to see that there's a lot of evidence showing that Yahusha is going to be the name of the Mashiach, not Yeshua. And when you talk about Yesu, Esau, Yesu, mm-hmm. the Yesu, I mean, once, once I kind of stumbled on it, I was absolutely shocked. And then I began yeah, to think Esau trying to get back his birthright, you said, right? Yeah, Esau trying to get back his birthright. And, right. you know, Raina pointed it out last week, and I thought it was a really good comment. It can't possibly be Esau because Esau sold his birthright. That's right. He, sold his, he, he gave his birthright away. Mm-hmm. So it can't be Esau. And so, but you see Esau nonetheless. And of course, Esau, you know, when, when it says Esau went to the mountains of Sire. Yeah, Mount Seir. Yeah, where do we think that is? Where Petra is, Jordan. Nah, Mount no? Sire. No, I mean that is the current mythology. Okay. The mountains what do you think of it Sire, is? in my opinion, the mountains okay. of Sire are Switzerland. Wow. And the house, of, the house of Esau is well. That's, that's right. assuming that. that is assuming that the Exodus took place where we think it did, mm-hmm. and that's assuming that Mitzrayim is where we think it is. Right. right? And but at any rate, you had Mount Sire. I mean, for, let me give you let me give you an example. Wow. Yeah. So it fits Switzerland and the Swiss are up there and their 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 animal that represents them is what? It's the hyena. Hyena. Right. And the hyena is spotted like a leopard 
with the head of a bear and the feet of a lion. It's kind of a mixture that's opposite of what, because isn't ours is the body of a leopard and the feet of a bear, right? No, it's the head of the head of a oh, bear. The head of, okay, I was thinking about the feet of a lion. it's the head of a lion and the feet of a bear. That's what the hyena. Right, that's what I said. Yeah, and the leopard and spotted like a leopard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. so it's it 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 does. It's represented by the beast in Revelation. Yeah. And you know when you talk about the history of Rome, Romulus and Remus, they were raised. It's claimed they were raised by a wolf, but really they were raised by a hyena, because they were raised by Esau. Right, the hyena. Right. Wow, that's and very so, interesting. So now, when we start to put that together, now let's look at the house of Esau and how it fared in 2020. How did it fare? Or how did it? Fare, not 2020 in the 20th century. How did it fare in the 20th century? Well, it financed both sides of two of the most horrific wars in human history and suffered no damage. Damage. Mm -hmm. Right. It suffered no damage in financing both those wars. And who is now leading the genocidal effort against mankind? Well, it's the World Klaus Economic Schwab. Forum, who meets out of Davos, Switzerland. Klaus Schwab. Yeah, yep. and is doing the work of the International Bank of Settlements in Basel, Switzerland. The Rothschilds. And right. the 13 families who control the papacy mm -hmm. are resident where? Switzerland. In the mountains of Sayer. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Kabbalah, right. Amazing. Yeah. By the way, when you're talking about Yeshua, Yeshua first of all, it's Y-E-S-H. You don't even have Yah's name in that that name anyway. Right? Yah's name mm -hmm. is not in there in the word, name Yeshua as opposed to Yahusha. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yah's name is in Yahusha's name. And like all the things that it means that you taught us before, you know, all this wonderful, you know, Advent, Helper, you know, div, div, um, Defender, you know, all the names that go along with it, provider, protector, savior. I mean, Yeshua doesn't mean that as opposed no. to Yusha. No, Yeshua means, it's a verb meaning salvation. Yeah. Right? Uh, but when you look at Yahusha, it's so much more, it's deliverance. It's, uh, it's redemption. You know, right. it's salvation. It's all of those things. Right. You know, I am he who saves. Exactly. And so when we look at that and we start to see now, when, when Jim came out and said, look, you shall know my name. They shall know my name. That's right. You know, this part of the teaching becomes really quite incredible to know his name. And we talked about it in Hebrew class last week. We talked about the vowels in the Hebrew language. Mm -hmm. Again, that the Masoretes try to obfuscate. But they're there, you know, the the E, you know, the, the Aleph being pronounced okay. A. The he, mm -hmm. uh, the he is A. The mm -hmm. Vav U. The Yod E. Mm -hmm. Well, if the Yod is E and the He is A, and the Bob is ooh, e, ah, uh, ooh, ooh. ah. E That's how I learned it. E yeah. 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 And so Thanks, there's Dr. the name. Yeah. And so with that happening now, I think we're starting to see that the hand of Yah is moving on behalf of his people. And what we're going to see now, uh, and here's another thing that Jim mentioned that really rang true in my spirit, was he started talking about the plagues of Egypt. I yes. don't know if you remember him saying that. I do, I do. I took a... I got, took a copy of what he said. You know, some people, it was hard to connect it, but I think somebody put it in the chat too. But Transcribed I, I uh, yeah, it's in the chat. I think somebody got it, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Well, I can tell you the, the uh, his mentioning about the plagues, I believe is true mm -hmm. because when you look at what's happening worldwide, you have leaders that are completely ignoring. I mean, there's more people in the streets in Paris 
than were in the streets in Paris when they beheaded Marie Antoinette and Louis the Sixteenth. And Macron is like deaf and dumb to it. There's been more people in the city, in the streets of London that have ever been seen yes. in the streets of London. More people in, in Berlin. They shut down all of Berlin. And of yeah, course, we saw it. You don't see that a lot. I mean, you don't see it on mainstream media, but we see it on our sites. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. they will not report it in Europe at all. They will not report it. How many people have been, you know, how many people have been rioting in Australia? And, you know, they burned down the old parliament building in Australia. Right. I mean, they don't, they don't talk about, and not rioting, but demonstrating. And people are saying, you know, we're not going to tolerate this. And the governments are not hearing it. Why aren't they hearing it? Because Yah hardened Pharaoh's heart. That's the Torah Pasha this week. And that's exactly right. what's going on now is that Yah is hardening Pharaoh's heart. And that even though the people are saying, this is not working and we want to wait for And even though there's, there's doctor after doctor after doctor and lawyer after lawyer after lawyer now testifying that what is going on is genocide, intentional homicide, you know, Fulmerich or whatever his name is, the German lawyer. Yeah. He came out, he went public and he said, we're going to indict all of these people. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. laws on the books that anybody who participates in any way in delivering a tainted item to market has criminal liability in any way. And so he's saying, you know, everybody's going to get prosecuted. Well, it's, they're not going to get prosecuted. They're going to be judged. Because Yah is intentionally hardening Pharaoh's heart. Mm -hmm. And when you look at when you look at the Torah portion, you look at that Torah portion. Yes. Because here is Moshe. He's going to Pharaoh and he's saying, let my people go that they may go and worship and sacrifice to Yahweh in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, no, I'm not going to do no. that. My, my magicians can accomplish the little tricks you're doing. Right. And then pretty soon he starts up in the ante. And Pharaoh's like, well, look, Moses, get in here. You got to get rid of these flies. Get them out of here. Okay, I'll go to Yah and I'll tell him. I repent. I'll let you go. Okay, I'll go to Yah and I'll tell him, get rid of the flies. Then he comes back and let Pharaoh say, I'm not going to let you go. Forget it. Okay, frogs. Well, wait a minute. Get rid of these frogs. Go to Yah and tell me these frogs got to go. Okay, I'll go talk to him. He does. And Pharaoh says, well, I'll let you go. But, you know, you, not your wife, not your kids, not your herds, not your flocks. Nope. Until eventually they get to what? This yeah, the, is, the firstborn die. Yeah, this is and this is where we are. This is where we are, Shoshi. This mm -hmm. is where we are. And, and what did it play. say, Dr. P? What did it say in that's in the Torah Pasha too? Stand and see the glory of Yahuwah, because Yahuwah will fight for you today. That's something we have to remember that Yahuwah is gonna fight for us. Amen. Stand and see his glory. That was a, a fabulous part in it, I thought Amen. today. Anyway, I don't want to take any more time. Thank you, Dr. Up, uh, Stephen. Thanks, thanks, Josie. Thanks, Josie. Okay, let's go to Nina. Hi, Nina. How are you? There we go. Hi, there, thank you. There we go. We can hear you now. Thank you, Virginia. Yeah. I'm fine, thanks. Thanks for, for taking my questions. Um, one of the, actually I have three questions and one of them has to do with the name, but that's for the at last. First one is, do you know the, the order of the books of Ezekiel? Yes, I do. Now, in fact, I have, I have Ezekiel. I've, I have done, put Ezekiel into original order. I have it in its original order. And is I that it that way in the supper? Is it in the original no. order? Oh. No, we, we didn't do it in the Sefer, and I was going to do it, but, you know, 
some of the things that I want to do, my team comes alongside me and says, that's just way too far. You know, you just, you know, you know, you can't, you just can't go that far. Just relax, take it back. And uh, putting Ezekiel in order was one of them. And I, so I have Ezekiel in order and I have it cross-referenced. So I have its actual order, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And then I have its old verse next to it in brackets. And so you can, you can do it yourself. You know, it's pretty easy to do Well, I shouldn't say it's easy. It took me like two days to do it, but, um, but you can tell the order of Ezekiel when you read it, because it'll say, you know, in the, in the, you know, fourth week of the 12th year and the third week of the seventh year and the first week of the ninth year, you can see all that. And then you can, you can just block out those chunks and put them in order first year, second year, third year, 12th year, you know, until you get them all the way through. And then you'll see, and I think I ended up instead of having 48 chapters, I ended up with 53 chapters or something, something like that. I mean, it's been a long time since I looked at it, but yeah, I do have an order. And you know, why was it put out of order? Well, there's two, and actually Ezekiel itself, the name means out of order, right? Uh-huh. And then when you when you look at uh, when you look at what happened, there were two books that the rabbis did not like. They did not like the book of Daniel, and they didn't like the book of Ezekiel, because of course Daniel is full of messianic prophecies. They wanted to get rid of it, and Ezekiel openly said that Moshe gave them bad law. It says it outright, uh-huh. and so therefore Ezekiel has to be obfuscated. You see, it has to be obfuscated. So this was the goal. And so even Daniel is out of order. I mean, how is it that Belteshazzar dies in chapter five and then shows up again in chapter eight? How does that happen? Or Belshazzar, I think it was. How'd that happen? Well, it's out of order. Daniel's out of order and Ezekiel's out of order. And who put it out of order? The rabbis. Right. Would, would I be able to find that on your website? No, I haven't posted it, but I probably should. Okay, let me, let me make a note to myself. Post Ezekiel in order. That would be wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Okay, then you had a couple other questions? Well, yeah, I have been reading Isaiah, and I got to Isaiah 33, and when I got to 14, and especially 15, I was like, oops, oops, <laughs> because he's talking about who gets into his, he's talking about the people who will inhabit the heights, strongholds of rocks be his refuge, his bread shall be given him, his water be steadfast, your eyes shall see the sovereign in his comeliness, see a land that is far off. Those are people who walk righteously and speak what is straight, obviously not liars, who rejects the gain of oppression. That's obviously not someone who steals or takes stolen goods, who keeps his hands from uh, accepting bribes. This is the one that gets me who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. Yikes. What do you do about that? It's like, okay, we're talking well, about all this stuff now. And it's like, oops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, again, you have to be very careful with, with what you read in the English. Okay. Because, you know, I, I realized that we rely on the English. That's what we rely on for scriptural text. But, when you're looking at that, um, well, here, let's see if we can just share the screen for a second. And let me see if I can find my eSword. Here we go. All right, now we're gonna look at eSword here a little bit, and I'll give you an example of what I'm, what I'm talking about. So we're talking about Isaiah, and we're talking about Isaiah 33, 
30, and by the way, in this, in this version, by, by the way, in Eastward, right? If you look along here, yeah. um, let's see. You can see, you can find the Sefer passage right here. You can see, mm -hmm. find this 66 books of the Sefer here. And then you're talking about verse 14, right? Well, let's go to the Hebrew Old 14, Testament. 15. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So 33, 14, right? And so, so when you can see, when we get, when we start getting to the end of this phrase, right? Okay. So, Gur Lanu. It's actually 15. Oh, that's, no, this is 15. This is 14. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm 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 talking about fifteen. Where oh, you're talking about fifteen? Yeah, you're talking about 15. yeah. Who stops okay. his ears from hearing of bloodshed and stop? I mean, okay, I'm like geez, I need to stop watching True News. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, okay, all right, okay, okay, fair enough. So let's come back to that, okay? Because when you mentioned about True News, I mean, here's the thing: is that there are some people who say, "Well, I am not going to pay attention to the world at all." In fact, we have many people who live up here. It's like, I don't want to hear about what goes on in the world out there. I live here. This is enough trouble for itself. I'm not going to consider what's happening elsewhere. Right. Okay. I mean, that's that's one thing. Now, is that righteousness when you stop hearing of blood and shuts his eyes from seeing evil? Well, no, you know, when you talk about shutting your eyes from seeing evil, you know, you probably shouldn't have your television on ever. I don't have a TV. So you know, I... I and I don't watch movies. I I really, as far as that goes, but I watch what's going on in the world, and it's evil. It's I know. very. Evil. I know, I know, it's evil. But the thing oh. is, what are the brothers and sisters to do, right? And I think I think what Isaiah is talking about here is it's more than just stops his ears from hearing of blood. You know, you have people that um, that revel in hearing of blood. Right. So and so get killed. Oh yeah. Oh good. You know. Right. Uh, when, when are we going to go blast those guys? You know, and then of course, we're shutting your eyes from seeing evil. There are people who want to see evil, and I think there is an impetus about wanting to do this. When you're talking about true news, you know, Rick Wiles and his group uh, are one of the few people who actually give you a relatively, you know, accurate spin on what's going on. Yes, and uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying they get everything right. But they do they do their research and they get some stuff happening, right? And you know, and you know, and maybe I am in, in guilty of this myself because I look to, to international news all the time because I want to find out what how is Yah moving throughout the world? How is he moving? What is he doing? You know? Right. And I think we are seeing something. I think we are seeing, I think this coming Pesach, this coming Passover, as I mentioned in 2020, the Passover in 2020 was a big deal, that those who had participated in the Passover in 2020, who put the blood over their doorpost, what? You're many of them right here who did this. And the people who put the blood over the doorpost, the plague passed you by because you knew Yah had given you the provision in your heart and mind not to take the death jab. Yah had given you this instruction. And it was his blood over the doorpost that preserved you. Now we're coming to another Passover. And at this point in time, I think we've arrived at the point when this plague is about to strike. And I can tell you, I mean, I'm seeing it up here. I mean, you know, we're burying people all the time up here now. And, and you know, and they, and 
people don't want to admit it, but the truth is there's 100,000 people a month nationwide dying more than last year. Right. They say 40% more. The insurance companies are saying 40%. The insurance companies are going nuts. They don't know what to do, right? Right. Because people are passing so quickly. And of course, one of the big hidden mysteries that a lot of people don't know is that the big companies who are willingly going along with Biden's, you know, persuasion that they mandate the jab have dead man insurance policies on all their employees where they're the beneficiary. So if you have a hundred thousand employees and then you insure their life and then you inflict them with a, with a jab, you know, it's going to get rid of them. All you're going to do is make money. Right. I'm not saying that all of them are doing that, that all of them have that, but that's the rumor that's going about. And so, yeah, no, I think what Isaiah is telling us here, I mean, this is right. I mean, he that walks uprightly, walks righteously and speaks uprightly that despises the gain of oppressions. Now, and again, you see the, the, the gain of oppressions, this is going to be what you're talking about here. What are the oppressions? Oh, taking bribes, right? A hearing of blood and watching evil. And that's what he's saying. These are these are the oppressions. You know, and how are you how are you getting ahead in life? Oh, I'm making sure that there's bloodshed. I'm making sure there's evil, and I'm making sure people are bribed. Right? Taking the jab. You take yeah. the jab. That's what you're doing, right? You yeah. Well, that's part it. of it. Yeah. Right. Sort yeah. Of. Now, Nina, did you have a third question? Well, I wanted to ask you about um, how would you answer a question if somebody said, "Oh, his name can't be Yahusha because." Um, you don't see Yahu, Y-A-H-U, at the beginning of names, you know, like it's Yesha, Yahu. Oh, yeah. Somebody sent me a thing on this and said, oh, yeah. And he sent me a How list of 19 that? names that had Yahu right. at the beginning. Oh, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'll give you I'll give you one example. Right? I couldn't think of any last week, but there are at least 19. Okay. But if you take a look at Psalm 81, right? Psalm 81, and you're only going to find it in the Sefer. But in Psalm 81, you have something very interesting. And of course, Psalm 81 is outrageous anyway. And this was written by Asaph anyway, not David. But you have some very strange stuff in here. So we've been criticized heavy for a Psalm 81.3, blow the shofar on the dark new moon today on our song feast, right? But Psalm 81.5, Listen what it reads. This he ordained in Yahusef for a testimony when he went out through the land of Mitzrayim, where I heard a language that I understood not. Yahusef. Okay. Now, we know, and in fact, I'm, I'm going to show you that right now. Let's share the screen again and let's go into Esword. And you'll see it here more clearly. Let's go into Esword Psalms. We'll go down to Psalm. 81, and then we're going to look at 81.5, okay? And so the name uh, we're looking for is Yahusef. Now, of course, this is going to be numbered differently because they count the Mizmor as 81.1. So it'd be 81.6, okay? And so let's see, where is it? Yeah, it's right there. Okay, now look. Now, you see, if you look at this word, can you guys see that here? Can you guys all see it? Okay, so if you look at this word, you see here that we have yod Hey vav samek ape sophit 
Those are the five letters here. When you see the word Joseph, it does not have this Bob right here. It's just Yah, Yod, Hey, Samik, Pei, Sophie. Okay. And so you can see that here, H3004, 30, and it says, how many occurrences in the KJV? What's it say? One. One. And here it is, Psalm 81.5. And they say, Yehosef. Why do they say Yehosef? Because the Masoretes got a hold of it. And we have to disguise the name of Yah. It cannot say Yah. But you can see it's Yahoo. Yahusef. All right. Now, if you look in the Sefer, you'll see that there is a footnote, 682, and it points to Jasher 4914. Jasher 4914. And in Jasher 49, you have this discussion about Joseph. Right? In 4914, it says, uh, was that, was that 14? Forty nine, fourteen, forty nine, fourteen, and Yosef placed all the food together in the city. Okay, wait, that's not right. Forty nine, oh, okay. There we go. I was in fifty. I'm sorry. And here's what happens in Jasher. And the angel roused him up from his sleep, and Yosef, Joseph rose up and stood upon his legs, and behold, the angel of Yahweh was standing opposite to him. And the angel of Yahweh spoke with Yosef and taught him all the languages of man in that night. And he called his name Yahusef. Oh. Okay. And what's it say in 81.5? This he ordained in Yahusef for a testimony when he went out through the land of Mitzrayim where I heard a language that I understood not. Now, here's the thing about this. There is only one other scripture, published scripture in the world, that publishes this name in this passage in this psalm. And that's the complete Jewish Bible. Every other scripture in the world publishes the name Joseph. Okay? So there you go. I thought I'd show you that. See it. So there is there are, there are many other names that begin with Yahoo as well. Yahoo. And and like Yahusha. Now, when you talk about the name Yahusha, I mean when you go to Strong's, they try to obfuscate it. They cheat and they obfuscate and they cover it up and they say, Oh no, no, it's Yahushua. There's no extra Bob there. Well, we're gonna put one in there. Even though, and they're lying like a rug because even in the Masoretic text, it never says Yahushua. In the Masoretic text, it says Yehoshea. It does not say Yahushua ever. But that doesn't stop Strong's from giving you a faulty thing because they they too wanted to obscure the name. And there was does it change the meaning? Yeah. Does it change the meaning if you say Yahushua? Is well, that... does it change the meaning? No, but it changed who you name it. There is a guy named Yahushua. He's named twice in the Old Testament, but it's not Yahushua, the, uh, the son of Nun, the, the one who led that house of Israel over the Jordan. It's not the same guy. It's a different guy, right? So anyway, it does, it does become important. Okay. 
Hey, Dr. Right. P, one thing, yeah. Hallelujah Scriptures also has Yehoseph. Hallelujah Scriptures does? Yeah, yep, I just looked oh. it up. Oh, okay. They have right. it well, too. I guess there's two, I guess there's two publications. Yeah, it. FYI for you. All right. Thank you. Well, thanks for destroying my story, Shoshi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Nita. Okay, Lizzie, how are you? Hi, Dr. P. Shabbat Shalom from Brazil. How are you doing? Very good, very good. How about you? Good, too. Thank you, Ahoy. Yeah. Um, I was thinking the other day about what you said, you know, months ago when you were still doing shows with Jessica, you did the one, uh, Behold the White Horse. And I remember in that show, at some point, I can't remember which word it was, but you mentioned a word that meant the Jesus of men. The Jesus of men. Remember that? Are you talking about the Ben Adam? The Ben Adam? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Um, yeah, there is. There was, something, the, there was a Dom in it, but I don't remember the rest of the word and where it was in the verse. I believe it was a discussion about Behold the White Horse. Yeah, and yeah, and that, well, I'm going to have to think about that because, you know, I'll tell you. Thank you. That was the Red, red Horse. The Red, the red horse? horse? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I got the horses uh, <laughs> mixed up. But anyhow, I was thinking about that expression, the Jesus of man, which was a word there in the, in the text that, you know, when you did the etymology, you came to this. And then putting this together with the, you know, Imago issue that you, talk, that you talked about, you know, Yesu being, you know, the shoe being Esau, you know, yeah. in the image of Esau. I was wondering if, if these are related, you know, the Jesus of man, is it related to the Imago issue? Yeah, it very well could be. I mean, it very well could be because, you know, the thing is when the, the, the more study you get into scripture, the more you're going to find that, first of all, the dark forces believe every word of scripture, right? It's only the people who are, you know, they want, they want to seek righteousness. They walk into a church and they have a pastor casting out this scripture and casting out that scripture, you know, eliminating, them. you know, you can't read this, you can't read that. The dark forces have read it all and believe every word of it. Now, they may try to twist it and try to change it. But if you recall, Satan quoted scripture to Mashiach three times mm -hmm. because he believes they're true. Right now, the thing is, that when you talk about the pagan world, when you talk about the world of Esau, remember that Esau was born of Yitzhak. So he has this claim in the bloodline. He's a child of Abraham. Right. He's got this claim in the bloodline. And so in this bloodline, so this stuff becomes very, very close. When you look at what Rome does, right? They kept most of scripture because they would have no credibility without it. But they kept the large bulk of it and changed the material stuff they wanted to change to get the job done. And quite frankly, so did the KJP interpreters. They did the same thing. They had, you know, they took the scripture, they put it into English, and they changed the stuff they wanted to change. I mean, we know that the word God, G-A-D, is mm -hmm. described in Isaiah 64 as a pagan deity. Mm -hmm. It's a pagan deity. Why did the King James interpreters elect to use the, the word God in place of Yahweh? Why did they use the name of this pagan deity in place of Yahweh? Why did Rome supplant the name Yahusha with Esau? Mm -hmm. Why did they do that? 
Why did the Greek translators replace it with Hail Zeus? You know, anybody who speaks Greek will tell you that when, you, when you're in Greek Greece today, the greeting is Isas Tikanis, right? It used to be Iesus, Iesus Tikanis. Hail Zeus, how are you? Mm. That's how they would greet you in the streets of Athens. Now, you know that they had, the, the Constantine put up a big pot and he poured stuff into that pot and stirred it around. You know, okay, so we got some Christianity to put that in there, right? And then let's put some Mithras in there. And then let's put some Krishna in there. And then let's put some Dagon in there. And let's put some Baal in there, some Molech in there, some Ishtar, some Nimrod, some Isis, Horus, Seth, right? The IHS you see all over the place, right? Let's pour all that stuff into this pot and then we'll stir it up and we'll call it Christianity. Well, you end up with a, you end up with, yeah, is there some true faith in there? Well, yeah, that's one of the elements. Then in comes the sodium silico illuminate, the depotassium phosphate, you know, the MSG, the, the artificial color, artificial flavor, right? All yeah. that stuff added to it, right? And so what you do is what, what happens is you end up with an artificial contrivance. Now, a lot of people have tried to say that the key C stigma represents Christos, or somebody, somebody tried to say that, that's, you would pronounce that Jesus. Nah, that's not true. Yeah, I know, I know. That's not true. Kind of... There are some people who've tried to say, well, that is because when you look at the key and you look at the, at the stigma, those are the first and last letters of the word Christos. Christos. But the middle letter is different, right? But the middle letter is different. And then if you look at what happened with, with uh, uh, Constantine, he came to battle on, under the key row. So the first letter of that key was part of his symbol, the key row. And so it looks like an X with a P through it. Uh -huh, the P, right, the pecs. Yeah, the key row. Well, the key row, you know, and he did not fight under the name of Christos. He fought under the word Christos, which meant good, which meant good. And so, so as a consequence, I don't think we can look at, you know, I think that stuff about the the key C stigma signifying Christ or signifying Jesus is probably not there. Mm -hmm. However, the artificialness of the church and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, right? We're clergy, you're lay people. That's part of the reason I went back to being just brother, just flat Stephen. You know, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else does. And so the fact is, there is no, there is no, you know, all of us are equal, but some of us are more equal than others, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> you know, that doesn't fly, right? So anyway, so yeah, but, uh, maybe it would be interesting if you could look into if there's any actual correlation between those two things, you know, the name, <clears throat> the modification of the name to mean Imago issue. And what you said in the, like the brother said, it was the red horse. I can't remember, but. It was one of those horses yeah. that we're doing when I distinctly remember you saying, you know, that a word meant the Jesus of man. And so yesterday just came to my mind, like, well, is that the same thing? You know, I'm thinking about this because some people say that, you know, the so-called Antichrist figure will be like a clone looking like Jesus coming from the sky, like, a, you know, looking like an alien or whatever. You know, there's, there's this uh, theory floating out there. So, you know, there might be some something to do with this 
you know, the false Jesus, in other words, the yeah. Jesus of man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, you know, the man of lawlessness, the son of sin, the son of perdition, uh, the vile person, the, the little horn, mm -hmm. you know, who is this person? And I think, you know, again, you know, I want to be careful in our own eschatology. And the reason I say that is because it's very easy for us to get lost in an expectation that's developed from somebody telling you this is what this passage means. And they don't know. And then, but, but, you know, oh, okay, there has to be a third temple built and there has to be a covenant and the covenant has, I know. To, be, has to be a seven year yeah. covenant. And then, and then he's going to stand up in that temple. It's very uh -huh. clear to me, very clear to me that the abomination of desolation is graphene and the temple is us. And the graphene, mm -hmm. there, there's been a study published just the uh, last two days that they have proven that it is a, microchip uh, it's not even a chip it's a switch that is created in your body from that graphene when when you're injected with that graphene that graphene goes into forms kind of an antenna but they have proven that it forms this square chip as a receiver it's a mm -hmm. receiver mm -hmm. yeah so it looks like a, like a chip card from a phone yeah you've seen it yeah i saw the panel of uh, german scientists showing the images and yeah. it was and like so, a little rectangle that had edges sharp edges and so, so here you are. So when, when they have, when they've discovered this now, this is an abomination, and it's an abomination of desolation, and it is found in the holy place. So all of us who thought the abomination was going to be, you know, Donald Trump or Ronald Wilson Reagan or, or whoever it was going to be, who was going to stand up in the third temple and proclaim himself God. Well, that isn't what's going on at all. We are the temple and the abomination of desolation has stood up in that temple. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, and, and Lizzie, I, I want to talk to you about this because I think it's important because, you know, uh, we had long, we've had long discussions about this. When it comes to praying for the living, I believe we need to pray for the living. Even those who have taken multiple jabs, we have to pray for the living. And the reason I say that is because even though uh, it may be the mark of the beast, and I believe it is, I've kind of said it's been the mark of the beast for a long time now, that Yah can do things above whatever it is that Satan does. Whatever it is that Satan does, he can do things. He can reverse that thing and he can reverse that order. And when we talk about it, now, he may not be, he may not reverse the physical aspects of it but a repentant heart is a repentant heart we talked about it last night you know he offered repentance to joseph stalin on his deathbed who had killed 66 million people you know the people that were there when he was dying from being poisoned saw the father come to him and he's in a conversation with him and he shakes his fist at him refuses to refuse salvation which hallelujah i mean i don't want to go up to heaven and meet stalin there i don't want to see him there yeah. You know what I mean? But but the thing is, is that uh, is that Yah's mercy endures forever. And so when we talk about this mark of the beast, we talk about this abomination of desolation. This is an incredibly dangerous thing. And now you're seeing, you know, do, like I mentioned earlier in the show, doctor after doctor, lawyer after lawyer is coming out and saying this is a genocide event. And there have been some doctors that have said, look, not all of the jab is marked. Some, some people were getting saline and some people were not getting, some people were getting a death jab 
and that they have they've identified these patches. So you can tell what somebody's trying to give you if you ever went in. But you know, uh, when you're talking about getting this microchip, once you're chipped, you know, and then there's a question. There's been a couple of videos that have been released in China where people have been holding their phone and then they just drop dead right there, right? Because there's a chance that the 5G has a kill switch in it, right? For those who are jabbed. So you can see that this is, you know, the, the this protocol that's upon us is like get everyone marked and then we can select who's going to live and who's going to die. And if anyone goes astray and says the wrong thing, they're gone. So it's a crazy world we live in. But anyway, Lizzie, so th thank you. Thank you so much. And I wish I could give you the answer on Red Horse. You know, it's been, I don't know, I, I don't know how long it's, it's been. Since several months. Yeah, I remember. But that kind of stuck in my head. Uh, another thing you were just saying about Gad and God, but like, you know, because I speak Portuguese and Portuguese and Spanish and Italian, they're similar in the way that, you know, God is Dio or Deus or Dios. You know, is there anything like related to that? Like Dio or Dios or Deus? No, no, it's not like that at all. Because when you talk about this, it is... Uh, it, because we don't say God, right, in our language. They don't say God, yeah, you don't. But we get it in English. And I don't, I don't know why we get it in English. I don't know why. I don't know why they elected to use the word God, right? But it's spelled... Yeah, but do, you, do, you have, do you know of any correlation with these uh, Hispanic or uh, Italian, like Latin uh, root with, words? With Dios? With Dios? Yeah, yeah right? from, it's from, from Dios, Dios, right? From Dios, the Greek Dios, right? Yeah, you know, and I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what the Latin root on that would be on, on Dios. You know, I think yeah, it, it, doesn't it come from Theos, like from theology, like theos? from theology? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's possible theos. that it's yeah, yeah. And Theos, and again, you know, uh, Theos, you know, uh, as as they say in the Greek, the Theos, you know. But and is there that, any deity connected to that? That's the question. Any sure. Deity is there a deity connected to that? Uh, well, you know, again, you know, when you go back into the Greek. You go back into the into the you know in the Greek history, there were tons of deities connected to it, tons of it, right? Because you're talking about anything that was in the heavens. So you, you know in the Greek mythology, you know virtually all the gods they worshipped were fallen watchers, every one of them, mm -hmm. you know, from Zeus and all the rest of them. They were all fallen watchers, and then their children were Nephilim, but they would call them Titans or they would call them demigods, you know, like Hercules and Apollo and so mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. They were all those were all Nephilim. They were all Nephilim, mm -hmm. Raphaim, or Eliud, however you want to put it. And the fall of the Titans describes their destruction the same way the Book of Enoch describes their destruction. But yeah. nonetheless, they still cling, cling, uh, were clinging to Zeus at the time that Paul came into Athens, right? And he said, you've got this statue up for this God, that statue for this God, and here's a statue to the unknown God. Well, I'm going to tell you who the unknown God is, right? And then he proceeded to fill him in. But this idea, you know, I can't tell you the whole history behind uh, uh, because what we're looking at, when you when you look at how this applies in the New Testament, you see Kyrios and Teos. So Teos is routinely, we routinely uh, interpret that as Elohim, Elohim. And Elohim is a word that is transliter transliterated or translated in English as God. It's Elohim. Yes. It's not Yahweh. That's, Yahweh is given Lord. Right. Lord, yes. Uh -huh. And Elohim is translated as God. Yes. But it comes from Teos. Ah, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I should be more clear-headed this morning, but we were up late last night at the fellowship, and I'm like, 
And then quite frankly, I didn't get any sleep. So that's another story too. But anyway, uh, thanks. Thanks for the question. Right. And I'll, I'll try to look at, at my, at my old PowerPoint and see if I can dig up what it is you're discussing. So I can give you a better answer. Thank you. Okay. Those are blessings to you. Okay. Hey, James, Maria Isabel, how are you? Shabbat Shalom. How are you up there? Very good. Go ahead. Okay. I have a question. If we, if I have a question about the Sefer Academy, who can I get in contact with? Eileen, Shoshi, Marianne, yourself, or? No, the best one to contact is Jonathan. Jonathan? At, at Sefer.net. Is that Jonathan at Sefer.net, yeah. J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Jonathan at, at Sefer.net. Yeah, he's the one that we're going to hang all the responsibility on for everything that goes wrong. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I love Jonathan. He's, you know, he's been sitting around waiting for me to get this thing in gear for two years. And then when I finally get it in gear, it's like, slow down. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Got to catch up, right? Yeah, we got to catch up. And of course, you know, technology makes life easier, right? Until you're trying to load stuff on a cloud, do a digital backup, put the audio up, put the video up, put this up, put the other thing up. Yeah. You know, come on, Shelly, you can testify to it. I know you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any Anything else, guys? That, that, that was it. Oh. That, well, there's one more thing. When you were saying to pray for those that don't, you know, that are not following Yahweh's ways. I recall reading somewhere in Jeremiah where it says not to pray for people certain people not to pray for the for them yeah it's so, true so it's what true. do you do so what do you do do you well i don't know i'll tell you i mean i think yeah you know that yeah has told me a couple of people to not pray for period uh-huh. he's told me outright do not pray for that person and do not pray for this government don't pray don't even yeah. open your mouth because yeah. i don't want to hear it right yeah but you know mashiach says pray for your enemies bless mm-hmm. your enemies pray for your enemies Yes, and yeah. you know, I think it's an important thing because I think when you start praying for your enemies, you realize the frailty and the fragileness of the person you're praying praying for. I mean, like I, I, I mean, I got to tell you, I just despise, absolutely despise uh, Lesko Brandon, you know, the current you know President Smith. But you know, as much as I as much as I despise him, yeah. When I started when he went to see the Pope, I realized, okay, here's here's the difficulty with this guy. This guy is suffering from pretty advanced dementia. And he's also suffering from incontinence. Yes. He's not the only old person to suffer that, you know, but okay. So a lot of old people suffer that, but when you're in that kind of condition, you're in no condition to be the commander in chief of the free world. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so I can, so so I can, I can pray for him and I can say, yeah, okay. I'm going to pray for him because I realize, um, oh yeah. Yeah. Adios. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on. I got to answer this question first. Ray is asking, what about adios? And it means go with God. Yeah, it goes with God, you know, or with God, right? And then they have a, um, uh, let's see, I got to remember that phrase. So they say, oh, yeah, they have this phrase in Spanish, you know, vayo con Dios, pero vayo, right? Which means go with God, but go. (laughs) (laughs) So go away. Don't go in there, just go, go away. away, right? <laughs> okay. Go with God, but hit the road, would you? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So sorry about that interruption. That's so, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, blessings, guys. We're going to, I'll move on. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, you bet. Hey, John, how are you? I'm very well. Very well. Um, again, 
I'm going to come back to the Torah reading today because Hallelujah. That, that's pretty, pretty phenomenal in my opinion. Um, and uh, it shows she kind of touched on it earlier, but you know, in chapter 14 in verse uh, four and 18, he gets this idea. I mean, it, it's not an idea. I will be honored among Pharaoh and among all the hosts that Mitzrayim may know that I am Yahweh. Amen. I mean, it's he he is going to get that honor. And and uh, then also when you go to chapter 15, verses nine through 11, it says the enemy said, and this is in the in their song. The enemy said, I will pursue and I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall satisfy upon them. I will draw my sword. Uh, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your Ruach. The sea covered them. This uh, They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto you, O Yahuwah, among the Elohim. And uh, so I just, I, that day, that day is still coming, that I think we're going to watch him conquer our enemies. Yeah, amen. And I think and, that is a certainty, John. It's certainty. And, but what's happening right now is first, I mean, when you see these guys, I mean, for me, it, it just, it just strikes me as being absolutely obvious. When you see the decision of Macron, you see the decision of Boris Johnson, or you see the decision of, of Stephen Morrison in Australia, or uh, Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand, or uh, you know Jacques Cousteau running Canada. What's the name of Jacques Cousteau? <laughs> <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin Castro. Yeah, <laughs> you know when you see these guys, when you see these guys, it's like you know they can't. Like for instance, they've come down with this. Okay. If you don't have the back, probably do better with Jacques. With Jacques, yeah, Jacques Cousteau, yeah. C'est Samon, you know. But anyway, here you got, here you got, you know, uh, Justin Castro comes and says, you know, okay, if you're not vaccinated, you can't drive a truck across our borders. Well, what's your reasoning, yep. Justin? It's better to have vaxxed drivers bringing the food than to have food. That's his logic. Yep. You know, you know what kind of supply chain breakdown is about to is about to go down between Canada and the U.S. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, forget about building a wood house in the U.S. this year. Yep, okay, plywood's <laughs> going to be two fifty a board, and that's and the only way you're going to get it is being smuggled over the border, right? And you know, you can count on empty shelves. You know, you can go into Overweightia if you want there in Canada, and you ain't going to find anything on the shelf because the shelves are going to be bare. Because uh, once again, you have these guys intentionally killing the supply chain. And why are they doing this? Why, when you have protesters everywhere and you have people screaming at them, hundreds of thousands of people in the street. Oh, well, I'm sorry, I don't hear a thing. Why don't you? Because Yah has hardened their heart. It's not their doing. They think they're, oh, I'm, in, I'm increasing my power and authority. No, you're not. Your heart is being hardened. And your heart is going to be hardened until the death of the firstborn. Yeah. And yeah. only oh. after the, only after there's, as scripture says, there was a dead person in every house. Yeah. Yeah. Only and after that happens, are they going to go, ah, oh, maybe we should relent. Well, we're right here, guys. Right. Yeah. We're, and we're now we have here. 11 states doing draconian like washington state new york state california i mean they're my niece went up to minneapolis and of course they haven't mandated that but she said you go in just about every restaurant they went in they had to show their their passport in order to eat 
I mean, just yeah, you ridiculous. Know, there's no passport for tuberculosis, no passport for smallpox, no passport for diphtheria, for tetanus, for polio, for for uh, measles, you know, for mumps, for rubella. But the cold that has a 1% chance of killing you, you better cough up a passport because we're worried about your health. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll just continue on because I know we could stay here for a long time. But uh, then in verse 15, uh, chapter 15, uh, verse 22, so Moshe brought uh, Yashrael from the Red Sea. This is after they go through it and went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. I, I found that really interesting that, that that to me lends itself once again, and we're going to go to Jasher here, but uh, to this uh, sign of, of Jonah, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Three days with no water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three days with no water. Uh, Matthew 12, that's the sign, right? Uh, uh, that Yahusha says, this is your sign. This is a sign given to everyone. Three days and three nights, just like Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. So yeah. the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So this is this is this sign here once again of 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 uh, Jonah, in my opinion. And then when we jump up to Jasher in uh, chapter eighty-one, um, it's very interesting, starting in verse thirty-seven. And Moshe did so, and he lifted up his rod upon the sea and divided it. And the waters of the sea divided into 12 parts. Uh, and the children of Yashrael passed through on foot with shoes of, uh, as a man would pass through on a prepared road. And Yahuwah manifested to the children of Yashrael his wonders in Mitzrayim and the sea by the hand of Moshe and Aaron. And so well, now wait we a see minute. It couldn't be 12 parts, John, because when you watch the Cecil B. DeMille movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. How could that be? They how, got could, how could that possibly be? Right. Yeah. Yeah. 12 but, parts. Right. So there, there had to be there had to be, you know, like six pathways. Right. Mm -hmm. Six pathways. Mm -hmm. Because 12 right. parts right divided on all these on all these different sides. Now, that's very interesting, too. Right. Right. And of course, when you see that, you know, again, reading it, and now I want to ask you something. When you're reading out of the book of Joshua, when you read a description like that, why would a fiction writer put that in there? <laughs> you know, yeah, if it's, it's if not, it's fiction, why would they put that in there? Right. Right. It's it's not there. And and I, not that I'll flip back to it, but then later on, it says after they leave uh, um, uh, the, the waters where they're bitter, I can't think. Uh, anyway, then they go on and then they come to where there's 12 springs and 70 um, date trees, which is once again, the 12 tribes and the 70 nations. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And all this symbolism is there. And of course, the symbolism is extremely important. Well, you know, when we see it, we look at it because we have, you know, we have uh, prior knowledge. Right. So we can look at it and say, oh, that's very clearly what that is. But when you're when you're uh, when you don't have prior knowledge. Like, I'll give you an example. We hear there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. How do we know that there's only 22? And how do we know what their order is? How do we know that? Because you told us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. But is there scriptural authority for it? Right. And right. so, and, and here, so here, now we're looking at, now we're looking at this passage here. Okay. What is the authority of 12 tribes? 
well, here's the authority of 12 tribes. And here's the, here's the authority of the 70 nations, right? And so you have some, you've got some very important numbers that are being evidenced here. Why? Because Yah is doing things in accordance with his divine plan and his divine orchestration. And his divine orchestration is, is established for a reason. You know, like, for instance, when you look at the, at the layout of the tribes in the book of Numbers, right? If you map that out, it clearly creates the cross, you know, in the desert. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you have the four flags, right? And the four flags had a head of a man, it had the head of a lion, the head of an ox, yep. and the head of an eagle, right? Mm -hmm. And these were de depicting these four groupings of the tribes. But when you look at the seraphim in heaven, what were on their, what were their heads? What did their heads consist of? An eagle, a man, an ox, right? right? And a lion, right? And so we see, again, once again, we see this divine authority being imposed on the earth. But it's so important, the point you're raising, John, and I think it is an extremely important point, that when this is over, all of the world will recognize the handwork of Yah. Yeah. The whole of the world will recognize it. And these pharaohs who have had their hearts hardened are going to experience intense tragedy in their life. Yeah, there you go. There, yeah, there's the four. There you are right there. No. Nice notebook, John. And I do think that, you know, when you go back to chapter 80 of Jasher, you know, it's two years from the sign that that was given to, to uh, um, Pharaoh at first until the next, until they were called again to go and give another sign. And I think that's very prophetic in the time frame that we're in. I think wherever this began at, and if it was March of, of 2021, I think we have two years where the, the hardness comes on. March of 2020. March of 2020. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so we have this 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 two year time frame of where where in in Egypt it kept getting harder and harder and harder. They had to go out and get their own straw. They had a, the the burden kept getting harder on the people, and that's what we're seeing. I think right now is the burden is getting harder on the people until we get to this time frame. Yeah, that's exactly right, and you can feel it. They keep turning the pressure, and I, yeah. you know, and I got to tell you, I've been right. getting a lot of. You know, pray for your friends and your brothers and sisters, because I'll tell you, I get a lot of emails from people that are just like, I can't take the pressure anymore. And if you are a person who can't take the pressure anymore and can't take the heat anymore, you need to follow what was given earlier, which is shut your eyes to the blood and turn your ears off to the evil. Right. If you can't stand the pressure, close it and don't listen. Right. And spend your time in prayer and spend your time in scripture because Yah will bless and, you know, and we talked about this a little bit last night. When you're in a desperate situation, you know, sometimes you have to pray to know what Yah is doing because he may be testing your metal. But on the other hand, he may be putting pressure on you because you're resistant to what he wants you to do. You keep hearing in your heart. Yah keeps telling me I need to go here, but I'm not doing that because I've got my own mind made up and I'm not doing it. But, but there's all this stuff that's causing me to be depressed and I'm. You know, I, I don't feel like I can go on, but I'm not going to do what I know Yah has put in my heart to do. And you need to listen to that because Yah will move you. He'll pick you up by the head of your hair and put you there if if you're complete. If that's what He has decided for you, you know, it's going to have a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's picked up by the beard there, John. You know, no, yeah, yeah, there you. <laughs> one other quick thing is in uh, chapter 81 there, as after when all the water comes in. 
then then Pharaoh is the only one saved because he's the one who gives thanks uh, to Yahuwah. And then he takes him by the angel to Nineveh and he rules over Nineveh, which mm -hmm. that's where Jonah goes to preach. Yeah. Anyway, with that, yeah. I'll, I'll. So now you on. now you know why there was why there was an impetus to repent at Nineveh. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, what, now that you're mentioning Jonah, I mean, let's just look at it for a minute. Right. Yah comes to Jonah and says, I've got your mission. Go up to there with those guys, torture people to death and tell them to repent or I'm going to destroy them. I'm not going there. Well, yeah, that's what I, I want you to do. I want you to go up there and tell them that. No, I'm going to go. So I'm going to go sun on the beach there in Valencia in Spain. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm heading for the beaches. I'm not going in that direction. Right. Next thing you know, he's being puked up on the beach by a whale, stinking like whale guts. You know, now you're going, okay, okay. You know, after he cries out from Sheol, after he cries out, after the bars of hell go around him, I mean, he's yeah. dead. Yeah. And he comes back and is spit up and brought back to life. That is just to me one of the greatest Old Testament stories when you understand it. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, it, it truly is. And of course, it's a foreshadowing of what would happen to Mashiach, right? That's why, as the yeah. as, as the sign of Jonah, right? So yeah, then, uh, my question then kind of falls into this idea of were Aaron and and Moses were are they kind of because they're the ones who lead them through all this? Are they somewhat symbolic then of of the two witnesses? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so, I suppose, and I suppose in a way they are. I mean, I, I've got to tell you, John, when it comes to the two witnesses, you know, once again, uh, let's refer as a as an authoritative uh, work on this subject to the um, Left Behind series. Tim LaHaye did good work there, didn't he? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you when it comes to you know when it comes to Moshe and Aaron, and the, you know, the more I was reading, the more we read in for Ezra, the more we discovered that there was, you know, even the order of Melchizedek existed before the the Levite order. Yeah, that priesthood was in place before the Levite order, and the fact that. Levi, when you read what happens in Genesis 49, Yaakov tells Levi, you know, don't have any part with this. Don't let this guy have any part of you because he's a man of violence. Him and Shimon, all these guys want to do is kill people. Don't even leave him in the camp, right? And then when Moshe finally gets to where there's delineation, when, or excuse me, when Yashid gets to where there's delineation, the Levites have no inheritance. They have no inheritance, right? Well, you can go in the city, you can go here, you can go there, but you've got no land grant. And, you know, uh, so the thing is, when we talk about Moshe and Aharon, you know, witnesses, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they were, uh, you know, I don't know. The, the two witnesses, mm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe. But, you know, when you're talking about testifying, testifying to the prophecy and so on and so forth, Moshe didn't even want to do the job, right? I mean, no, not me. I'm not good at this. Don't send me. I can't even talk. Get my brother. He's the guy you need, right? And it angered Yah. And he said, no, you're going. And here, here's the staff, go do this stuff. So I don't know, was he, was he one of the two witnesses? I, that a similarity? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so, John. Okay. That was just, that was a kind of a, a question I saw as, as, as we were looking, you know, all of this comes and, and they were, they passed through this by the hand of Moshe and Eheron. So that's, that's yeah. all right. I'm just a yeah, question. Yeah. So thanks a lot, brother. <laughs> 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 
No, I mean, John, I mean, you're, look, you're drawing a great analogy. I mean, you really are. I mean, because who, who other than Aharon and Moshe were witnessing to the testimony of Yah until they got to Mount Horeb? There was nobody else. There was nobody right. else, right? And uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's a really good point. But I mean, but as soon as we say, yeah, Moshe and Aharon were the two witnesses, and everybody's going to say the two witnesses that are in chapter no. 11 of Revelation no. are Moshe. No, no, I did I I, I just meant, are they symbolic of it? Not that they are. Are they symbolic the of it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In That's, terms of bringing forth the testimony of Yah, yeah, very, very symbolic. Yeah, very right. much so. And because I, remember I that. Think the Ruach and the, and the Word are, I think that was a great teaching. And, yeah, but when, so but when not, you look, but, but right. you do see this model here, because Moshe was a king in Yasharon, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it says at the end of Numbers. Moshe was a king in Yasharon, and Aharon was the priest. So you see this model of king and priest, right? King and priest. Now that model is going to come forward forever and ever. Uh -huh. And when you're in a situation like you're in in Britain right now, where you have queen and no priest, right? Where is the high priest in Britain? Well, the archbishop, who is, you know, just another MP for all intents and purposes, where's, where's the high priest, right? There's, there's no uh, stature. There's no status. There's no nothing. And, uh, you know, if you go back to the days before a Roman conquest of Britain, during the days of the, uh, like, Brand the Blessed, the king would be the king while he was efficacious, while he could still wield the sword. When he couldn't wield the sword anymore, you know, talking about maybe 50 years old. Okay, I'm slowing down a little bit. You know, unless you're playing NFL football, then it's, you know, 30. But, you know, if you're, if you're wielding the sword, you know, 50, well, I'm slowing down a little bit. Okay, well, now what? Well, that now I'm going to become a bard and I'm going to move over into the priesthood. And if, if I, I, I live 10 years, I live 30 years, whatever, I, that's what I'm doing because I'm no longer efficacious as a swordman. So then the son or whoever the heir is would take over as the king. And then the former king would be the high priest, right? And they were expected to have the knowledge to do that. And that was the case during the time of Aristobulus uh, IV as the bishop. Okay. All right, John. Well, thank you much, buddy. Thank you. Sorry, okay. Doc, can I inter interrupt? I just want to ask a question there to John. Seeing that he always does it to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> John, don't you think maybe that the two years was from the sign of the woman in the heavens, 2017, to the, the, the beginning of and the end of 19? I don't know. I'm just asking that question. It, I suppose that's possible. I guess I, I um, kind of put it where the where the rubber was meeting the road, I guess, at the end of that. I, I don't know. But then I don't think all of the, the, the signs or the dates in Revelation all flow. At, oh, this 42 months and this three and a half years and this time, times and a half a time are all meshed in that same time frame. Because in Daniel, it says, blessed is he who gets to the 1365 days. Well, that's a lot farther than 1260. So how do we get there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, again, but when you look at the 1260 here, John, I mean, if you go back, you look at the Revelation sign. You, you know, there, there's two markers in Revelation 12. 1260 yeah. and then times time and a half a time. And it's two, yep. two distinct periods, right? So the yes, one period was completed between October 1st and March 11th, 2020, when they launched this campaign. And believe mm -hmm. me, these again, these guys know scripture. They know they know scripture better than we know it, right? 
Then they launched this campaign in March of 2020. Oh, shutdown, lockdown, this, quarantine, that, blah, 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 blah. Right. It's this campaign. And they intend this campaign to go for time, times, and half time. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it does. But but in Yaz Mark, I mean, was there a sign given to Faro in 2020? If you want to know the sign given to Faro in 2020, it was November the 4th. Oh, that's, right. That's when the sign was given to Faro because right. Trump embraced the vaccine and was immediately right. expunged from office. Right. And, and, it, and also then you have this, this at that two-year time frame, if that's however that fits in there. Um, but but we have this as it as it plays out. We're going to watch the separation then between Yasharel and the world. We're going to watch. Yeah. The, I think the Goshen effect take place. The Goshen effect is definitely it, the Goshen effect is happening right now. Yeah, that's happening right because you know after you leave the fourth plague, the plagues that come upon Mitzrayim do not come upon Goshen. Right, and so here we're starting to see this. This plague is like falling heavy. On Mitzrayim right now. Very heavy. What's falling on the house of Yasharel? Even those people who have come down with the Omicron are coming out with natural immunity. Right? They're coming out with natural immunity. I mean, the blessing really, and, and I'll tell you something about this Omicron variant. This thing is a total blessing from Yah because it has the capability of ending this entire pandemic with something that is really just nothing more than a, you know, kind of a heavy flu. Right. I mean, it's not a severe disorder. You know, I mean, you guys know I came down with this thing and I was sick for 18 days. But I wasn't really sick. I did every Thursday night presentation. I did every Sabbath meeting. You know, I wasn't like, gee, I better make my way over to the hospital. No, no, no. You know, we had we had all the stuff we needed at the house. You know, we were taking more pills and, you know, what's his name? We got this supplement. We got that supplement. We got the other supplement, you know. And of course, the beauty of the fellowship is like, have you got enough ivermectin? Let me bring some by, you know. And then, of course, you know, the, <laughs> did we have ivermectin? We had it for days, right? And uh, didn't know you were a horse. Didn't know I was a horse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I keep calling myself Mr. Ed, you know. But uh, yeah, the, the ivermectin was working really well. And then, of course, the colloidal silver really kind of polished off the end of the thing polished up the whole virus. And then at the end of the day, hey, guess what? A-N-I, Ani, I have acquired natural immunity, right? And so it's a total blessing for me to walk through that path, a complete blessing to walk through that. So what about what's going on in the other community? Inordinate death, inordinate death, inordinate death, all these athletes dropping dead on the field, pilots. You know, now I heard, I read yesterday, Delta and American Airlines are canceling all regional flights. Why? No pilots. Uh, how'd that happen? No comment. All right. Now, Chris, don't interrupt him where I'm talking to Shelly. <laughs> we'll get to you, okay, buddy? Hi, brother Stephen. Hey, Shelly. Hi. <laughs> Good to see everybody today. Oh, just, just one quick note to let the... Um, community know if y'all want to hear brother john talk some more he was my guest last week on my show and will be my guest y'all willing <laughs> this week again on my show so we had a really good conversation we're digging around in ezekiel as much as we can so i can't wait till you post your um your blog on there and uh 
and show us the order. That'll be very interesting. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I'll pull it out. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. my questions on the tour portion today too. Um, I found a couple of really interesting things. Number one, this, um, I've been doing a study on, um, the word to home, the deep and, and I'm reading this book called, um, the invisible rainbow. It's all about the effect that electricity and electronics have had on the human body and on health. I had found the book from somebody here on our group who had recommended it and I got it and I've been reading through, but what I found a connection in there today and, um, it was all about how this deep, let me see, let me see if I can see it. The sea covered them. They sank in mighty waters, but the, oh, here it is. 15 8 so it's exodus 15 8 and with the blast of your nostrils the waters were gathered together the flood stood upright as a heat and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea so that word depths is the to home and it's different than than yom you know but the depths were congealed and you know several times like in the psalms you know, it talks about how deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. And it's that's that word to home too. In Joseph, that word to home is um is in both blessings, the blessing of Jacob and the blessing of um Moses. And it's the only other, it's the only time that that, that word is is used, that they've got the blessing of the deep. And I'm just thinking about that, you know the blessing of, of like the knowledge that's coming forth that we're, we're knowing not to take something that could congeal our blood, which is mostly water, right? I, it's just a thought, just kind of a thought I was throwing out there. That wasn't really my question. That one was a thought. No, but that's but, a great observation. It's great because it's a very powerful verse that you're quoted here in 15a, very powerful. And yeah. we see that, uh, you know, I mean, like, when you look, when you kind of look around, like for instance, this morning, an underwater volcano blew up off Tonga. Right. And it, it's already put a tsunami in Hawaii, right? There was a three foot tsunami that hit Hawaii. And they're saying, based on wide events, tsunamis coming up to Alaska, going over to the West Coast and so forth, from this volcano that was underwater that no one could see, no one knows, right? Right. And with the blast of his nostrils, the waters were parted, right? With the blast of his nostrils, thing, these things happened. And when we look at this, and sometimes it's easy for, you know, a lot of people on social media, you know, they want to blame everything on harp or weather wars, you know. And we never give credit to he who smote us, as it says in Isaiah 9.10, right? We don't give credit to he who smote us, because he who smote us uh, is the one who's doing these things. And, we, you know, you can't look out here and say... You know, one of the, you know, one of the teachings we did last night was this passage that's it's written in Hebrews that says, you know, creation was by him, through him, and for him. And we have to, you know, we have to keep that in mind because when we look around and we see all this stuff, well, how is adversity in the world? Why is there a Satan in the world? Why is there negative things? Why is there bad weather? Why is there, you know, why is there a rugged wilderness? Why can't we all just live in a comfort zone, right? Because this creation wasn't created for us. We're part of the creation, but it was created for him. And he created adversity that ultimately we would have to choose of our own free will. Choose this day whom you shall serve, right? 
it's a choice and we that's the choice and that's why there's adversity in the world and so we you know we give credit where credit is due all that stuff that happened on la palma and i don't i do not believe that la palma is over either me neither but all that stuff that happened on la palma was the hand of yeah there wasn't any man doing that you know you could see a grid map of where this where the earthquakes are that's because that's the only thing they had to map it with that's the best they could do is with that grid but when you when you look at those videos of that eruption try to tell me that was man caused there's no way no it was coming up deep from the earth oh yeah yeah this was the hand of yah that was doing this mm -hmm. and the same thing with the weather patterns coming from the hand of yah so this is the way it is so we got to keep that in mind right we got to keep yeah. that that um that you know this is the beauty of yah okay so then you had something else for us shelly yeah i did the the one thing and this kind of ties into john's question even with the the two witnesses what I was seeing in the tour portion was, you know, the leaders giving the songs that are to be sung to the witnesses, you know, because I believe we're, we are those witnesses and it's those that know the song of Moses and the song of the lamb. And so I love, I love this. I absolutely love having this in my hands and, you know, cause I've studied the tour portions for a long time, but when I did, most of the sites you'd get, you know, it was a, everybody has a different site and you've got, you know, 14, you know, New Testament portions and do they fit and how do they fit and, but, but I really like what you've done. And so my question reading through here, what I saw, I saw the song of Moses in chapter 15, and then I saw Deborah's song, you know, and out of Judges, and then we go to the New Testament portion where we've got Matthew 5 and you know this whole thing with the blessed are the blessed are so i was kind of wondering did you guys how did y'all come up with what new testament portion you would choose and could this be kind of the song of the lamb or what do you think the song of the lamb like if we were really going to look at a portion of scripture and sing it what would it be well you know um i can tell you that the the selection of the vessel robe was all ruach driven it was all Ruach driven. I mean, you know, when, when we were sitting down, I mean, I was looking at all these different, you know, uh, Torah portions that had their opinions about the Besserot. And of course, typically what comes out of Torah teachers is rabbinical Judaism and they hate the New Testament. And so stuff was just never given that was really clear. And so I would be praying over these portions and I would be looking at these portions and I would say, well, you know, what we need to do is we need to find something in the gospels that is going to give us this testimony right but you have to keep in mind that there is a song of the lamb in the book of revelation right there is a song of the lamb in the book of, of the book of revelation and well that's um, what i was looking at is the only thing i saw was like in 15 where it was talking about and i saw another sign in heaven great and marvelous seven angels having seven last plagues for in them is filled with the wrath of Yahweh, and I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and then that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the Ketara of Yahuwah, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of Yahweh, and the song of the Lamb, saying, and Great the song and Marvelous. Of the lamb, yeah. yeah, is that what you're referring to, Great and Marvelous? Well, I don't words? know. If, I don't know if you remember the song "Ancient of Days." Do you remember the song "Ancient of Days"? Yeah. Blessing and honor, 
power and glory be unto the ancient of days, right? Yes. And well, this is actually that language is actually from Revelation. Okay. And um, I'm not I'm I'm having a hard time finding it right now. But there is another song that is sung, you know, and of course, um, whatchamacallit, um, our favorite people that everybody loves to hate out of Australia that did. Um, Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To him who sits on. Yeah, well, that language is taken from the book of Revelation. Right? Yeah. And so is that the song of the lamb? I, you know, I mean, the song of Moshe is a song that I think some people have tried to write. I'm not sure who's who's written it well and who hasn't. But, you know, now we're at a point like in again, in that vision that Jim Staley had, he said the musicians are being called to join with the warriors. Now, that was such an interesting phrase that Jim would say that because, of course, David knew the importance of the musicians and he didn't corral some mediocre people who would come in going, tink, 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 is that in tune? You know, yeah. he brought in the finest imaginable talent. And when you're talking about the kind of talent that was at the temple, you're talking about in some talent levels that are even beyond what we've ever seen, you know, singers that can sing five octaves, and, you know, on and on and on and on. I mean, you know, just there was, you know, extreme levels of talent and they played with very extreme skill. And there was a reason for it because again, a lost society does not appreciate the art of music. They don't, uh, but music moves the human soul and music that is designed to be worship music for Yah is extremely important in the whole scheme of things. You know, try it. You try it sometime. Fast from music, from all music. Go for a month. Or you could do another thing, which is equally painful. Only listen to country western. <laughs> You're so funny. That plays a lot at my house. I'm from the South. <laughs> now, you know, you're you're talking about that with Jim Staley's word with the word of, you know, the worship and the warriors, right? Well, when I got started in ministry, at first I was the worship leader in a very small church, but I couldn't hold a tune in a bucket. I They picked me because there was nobody else, right? But I was, I am a worshiper. And so what we all put into my hand was uh, a flag ministry because I'm an intercessor. Well, yeah, and the so, flag ministry, yeah, sure. Yeah, and so, I mean, I ended up having these huge flags and I would go to conferences and, and work with the worship leaders. And there were certain worship leaders who said, if you're not doing that, it's harder for me to do what I'm doing because I, I was, I was, you know, warring. I was warring for the worship going on and for people's hearts and with everything mm -hmm. that I did and worked with the team. And it was, it was fabulous. I loved doing that, but mm -hmm. I've always seen myself more as, as the warrior you know, helping to make sure that the the atmosphere was clear so worship could take place. Yeah, yeah. And it's so important for people to be able to cast their heart into worship for a few minutes, not for purposes of what they're showing off to their neighbor, but just to be able to, you know, that's one of the things I love about, you know, with the Davidic dancing. I remember this Christian group came in and they were going to play for a Roots conference. They'd never been to a Roots conference before. 
And so they get up there on the stage and they started into the first song. And all of a sudden there's a thousand people in front of them, Davidic dancing. And they were just in awe. They were just like, they'd never seen anything like it. You know, I've led those dances where we had 200 people marching through and dancing in a big circle around the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so beautiful. And people are worshiping with, with, with their whole body and it's and they're worshiping in unity with one another. You know, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no question. All right. OK, Shelly. Right, so, yes, let's you know go through the book of Revelation and see if you can find the answer to that song. of the OK, land. I'll keep digging. Thank you. OK. All right. Hey, Lynn, how's it going? I get, I'm good. I got a testimony. Hey, fantastic. Five Let's ago, hear it. Five days ago, I slipped and hurt my arm and shoulder, and I was praying that Yahweh would heal it so I could praise him. Last night, me and Rob were talking on the phone, Yahweh spoke to me and said, uh, raise your hand up. So I raised my hand up. He healed it. And then I told Rob that uh, Yah healed it. And then Yah, and Rob told me that he, Yahweh gave him a vision. That was good him, so I just thank Yahweh for healing. Okay, hallelujah, 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 and hallelujah. Yeah. You know, that's, that is such, you know, that's such a good thing. I don't know what's going on because I guarantee I don't have any healing ministry at all. But I, but I have heard, I think this is the fifth testimony we've heard in this family of people being miraculously healed from broken bones and, and uh, you know, all this stuff. And, um, you know, that's just beautiful. And I mean, that's fantastic. Are you, are you up in uh, Saskatchewan? I'm in North Dakota. All right. Well, it's equally cold. Yeah, it gets cold here sometimes, too. Today, it's nice. It's about 34 degrees. Yeah, there you go. It's time to barbecue, wear some shorts, some flip-flops, you know, right? <laughs> Me and Rob talk all the time. He's been having a lot colder weather than I have. But Yeah, I know. I know. He's been up there in the suffering country. But anyway, that's, but that's, but thank you, Lynn. That's really, that's a great testimony, brother. And thank you for sharing with us. Okay. Okay. Shalom. Shalom. Okay, so. I'm not sure how to pronounce this name. You're going to have to tell me. Aipa and Cori. It's Aipa and Cori. Aipa. Aipa. Yeah. Okay, you guys are okay, okay. making a pill. You're making me read a foreign language. Okay. Yeah, I know, I, know, I know this is very difficult for English speaking people. Um, from the start that we live in Ireland, I have told people think of the word hyper. And let the H and the R away, then you have very near to what my name actually is. Okay. Now, see, that's a fantastic. Now, while you're in Ireland, did I tell you about this ah. musician fellow? He was he was there at the parish of St. John's Parish and Distillery there in downtown Dublin. Mm -hmm. And he goes in there and he wants to give a confession to the priest. But he figures his 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 sins are too grievous to be able to speak them aloud. The only way he can do it is by singing them. Ah. So he gets in front of the confessional there and he sings out all his prayers and the priest comes out and he says, well, I can forgive all those sins, but your singing is a sin I can't forgive. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Anyway, that's another story. It's where are you guys in Ireland? We are in Galway, County Galway. County Galway, okay. Yeah. In the West. In the yeah. West, Midwest. West yeah. of Ireland and uh, in the County Galway, we are east, so very inland. Oh, okay, all right. We're not right. we're not actually at the coast. We are quite di distant from the coast, mm -hmm. happily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. 
Yeah, and, and hopefully I mean, you're I mean, high enough above sea level where the tsunami won't get yeah. you. When, when there's these storms yeah, no. from the Atlantic, it's it's a little bit gone before we it reaches us here. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, yeah. yeah, it's a lovely country. We okay, are so, original Dutch. Yeah, we are from uh, the Netherlands originally. We are uh, from the Netherlands, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. I had a question. And my question is about, uh, we were watching today your study from last Thursday, and you mentioned the, the Pesach, when to celebrate it. And I had this feeling like, hey, I'm confused because last year we were celebrating it with you. I think that was the, the Pesach, but not the second one. So you were talking in the study, the first Pesach or the second Pesach. And my question is, when and why do we celebrate it? When? Well, this is, this is a big question. We talk, and you know, this is from Numbers 9, talks about the second Pesach, the second Passover. And of course, you know, as people try to work out the Passover, there's so many people in the community, it's like, okay, this is my first Passover, so I'm going to have it in the first month of the year. And the Passover restriction, you know, is kind of clear when Moshe gives the Passover that only the circumcised can attend the Passover. Well, you know, by the time you get to the teaching of Paul in Galatians, he's saying, mm -hmm. look, because the circumcision of the flesh can become uncircumcision, mm -hmm. it can become uncircumcision because you have violated the Torah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he says, okay, well, that, that, you know, th this circumcision is not the relevant circumcision. It's the circumcision of the heart. And of course, we who are in, you know, who have the completed Torah talk about the circumcision of the heart. Mm -hmm. But Moshe's Torah talks about that in the first Pesach, the circumcised uh, are the ones to participate in the Passover. And those who are not circumcised are to be circumcised. You don't have to be of the house of Yasharel, but you have to be circumcised to engage in the Passover. Well, I mean, I'm, without getting too far into it, I can tell you that when you talk about the circumcision, the only word that refers to a cutting of the flesh on the circumcision is the word that was used by Moshe's wife. Yeah. Mm. She cut the flesh and said, a bloody man you are to Moshe, right? Yeah. When you read about the circumcision that Abraham is talking about, it doesn't, the word does not refer to cutting at all. And I've done, a, you know, I've done, a, I think I did a presentation with Jessica on that issue as to mm -hmm. what, what that amounts to. Uh, but anyway, it's, you know, again, we have, we have a whole bunch of conclusions that we have reached about scripture because we're 2000 years or 3,500 years down the road. And this is what we've been taught by the religious leaders, right? Yeah. But a review, a closer review of the words is worth looking to so we can see the difference. And I, and I, I can't go into all of that now and I don't want to, create any kind of rifts here between what people believe and don't believe. But, and I made the statement on the, on the show Thursday that the second Pesach was for those who were unclean and who were on a journey far away, on a journey far away. Mm, yes. And so technically we're all on a journey far away because none of us are in Jerusalem, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, but, but, you know, I mean, I've been celebrating two Pesachs. In fact, sometimes I celebrate three or four Pesachs because people want to schedule it on this date or schedule it on that date or schedule it on the other date. And so I'm doing all these Passovers, but um, you know, I'm probably going to do an online first Passover and, uh, and a second Passover. We definitely have a Haggadah, 
available on the website. Wow. Uh, it's not it's it's not the Davida Haggadah, you know, where you can look in there and find language that's in Haggadah Davida, but it is a Haggadah that we use. That um, you know, every year I rewrite the Haggadah because the Haggadah, you know, when you look at the language of Jeremiah, Jeremiah says, you, you know, you, there's going to come a day when you no longer talk about leaving the house of Mitzrayim, but you're going to be talking about the miracle that Yah is doing in the second Exodus, uh-huh. and you know, and the, the, the idea of sacrificing the lamb and so forth is moot. It's moot because of Mashiach's blood, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as the years have gone by, I've gone closer and closer to what Mashiach did at the Last Supper than to what goes on in a typical rabbinical Haggadah, okay? And uh, so you're going to see a little bit of a difference in that when, you, when we come into that. So, but I'm going to, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be dealing with the issue of Pesach much more in the month of February. We're going to start scheduling it out, laying it out, and giving pointers to everyone and where we can meet and so on and so forth. Okay. okay. Yep. Yes, I think that will help. And, you know, you know, and I, I mean, I got to tell you, it's like traditionally in the rabbinical community, they have the Passover supper on the first, on Arab matzah. In other words, it's the evening where matzah begins, right? Mm-hmm. Because they claim that the 14th, which is from the evening of the 14th, you know, from the, the day before through all the, the following day, that whole day is preparation day. So they want to go ahead and prepare and do this and do that. And they would, they would even slaughter the lambs at the temple on the 14th during the day. But if you read the Torah portion, the Torah portion yeah. says, you will slaughter the lamb at even. Uh-huh. At even. So it's the lamb is slaughtered as soon as the sun goes down and then the meal is had. And you're supposed to have the meal you know, fully dressed with your shoes on because yep. you never know when you're going to have to leave. Now, even though he tells them, he says, look, slaughter the lamb, then take the hyssop and dip it in the blood. Now, from my point of view, that dip, the dipping of the hyssop into the blood is the true baptism that we experience. When we do a water baptism, we're the hyssop being dipped in the blood of the, blood of the lamb. Mm-hmm. And so you dip the hyssop in the, in the blood and then you would strike the doorpost twice with uh-huh. the blood of the lamb, right? And so you're actually putting your ha-tav, you're putting the sign, the tav, on the doorpost and on the lintel of the blood that causes death to pass over, right? That happened on the evening, right after sunset on the 14th, the beginning of the 14th day, happened right then. So when did the Last Supper happen? It happened on the evening of the 14th. The rest of Israel was going to celebrate that Passover supper the next night. Yeah. Right? And so one of the questions that came up was, was a lamb sacrificed at the Passover meal? Right? That was the question. And, you know, he's in, in, the, in the Sefer, it reads, go find a place for us to celebrate the Pesach. Well, the Pesach was another word for the sacrificed lamb. So, yeah, there probably was lamb sacrificed at the Pesach at the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the following day, you would see you would see the execution of Mashiach. Yeah. So that's why the, the true Passover for us as believers is on the evening of the 14th, not yeah. the evening of the 15th. Okay. Yep. And uh, so, uh, so that's how we're, that's how we'll do it. And then, those who who don't feel like they want to do that first Passover for wh- whatever reason, 
the second Passover will also be available. Now, there's not a second matzah. There's a first matzah, and then you need to practice that first matzah. And then the, the Feast of Reshith, which follows that, is also right then. That's going to be in April. The second Passover is going to be in May, and you're going to be pushing towards Shavuot, right? You're pushing mm-hmm. towards Shavuot when that happens. But mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a wonderful thing nonetheless. i got to figure out what I'm going to do. I, I don't even know where I'm going to be right now. You know, I could be in Montana. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where I'm going to be uh, for, for uh, Pesach. But I'm going to be somewhere, and 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 we, and we will be online too. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. All right. Dr. So, P, Dr. P, you would talk about the matzah. One quick question: You said yeah. there's no matzah on the second Passover, right? Yeah, matzah. The feast of matzah does not follow the second Passover. Okay, because I was doing that. Is fixed. Is it one day? Are you celebrating just one day? For Pesach. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, I didn't know because I. I was doing the matzah, but I just did it one day. I did both first and second. I wasn't sure. So yeah, no yeah. matzah, huh? Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, your feast of matzah is going to be fixed. It's right. Fixed okay. In the first okay. month. Thanks, Dr. P. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Ipa and Corey. Thank you. Right. Yes, you did. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Bye. All right. You see, there you go. The crack was ninety right there. All right. Thank you. All right, Chris. How are you, buddy? Hi, Doc. Yes, shalom. Shalom to everybody. Shalom, shalom. Uh, just want to, first of all, I just want to introduce you. Here we've got Melissa. Yeah, hi, and Melissa. Here we, got, here we got another lady from our fellowship. Her name is Charlotte. Great hi, fan. Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. Great fan of Yawa. Ah, glad to have you. And of a guy called Stephen. I don't know who he is. Somebody here. Where is he? Is he around there? Can you... <laughs> no, he's not here, but you know, you. <laughs> He's in an undisclosed area somewhere. I don't yeah, know. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so undisclosed, I can't find myself. Yeah, it's a difficulty. <laughs> Doc, I've got a testimony. And um, I, I think this is all honor and, and glory to you. So in uh, South Africa, they, uh, a week ago, a little bit more than a week ago, the courts have ruled that if people have taken the snake bite, uh, because the company forced them to do so, the company will be liable for any problems received. <laughs> and then... Yes. Yes. And then um, there's, there, there's a big chain uh, pharmaceutical company in South Africa called Dischem, uh, very similar, like I suppose, to the Walmart effort. And um, they have withdrawn their, vac- their vaccine program until July. Because, because, because of they, liability. Because of liability and also because they are doing, they're going to wait for more test results to come through. Mm-hmm. So all praise to you for that. Yeah, hallelujah. I mean, that's really good news, Chris. That is just really good news. And so uh, I pray that the rest of the world follows suit and the rest of the world judges wake up to the truth and right judgment because, uh, you know, that's as you've been saying for years and years, judgment has to come out of a proper position. And that position is obviously the Torah first, Yah's way first. Yeah. And I can guarantee you there is nothing in scripture 
about using a needle to put poison in your body, nothing. And now, you know, the numbers are showing that even during the smallpox, um, no, the, the Spanish flu, that most of those people died from viral pneumonia as a result of wearing a mask. Again, you know, there's nothing like, you know, it's like um, Reagan used to say, the scariest words you'll ever hear, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, no, don't, don't help. Go help someone yeah. else, you know. Amen. Uh, well, thank you. And I just want to say another thing is that, uh, you know, with all the, the uh, Torah portion parts, uh, it's just amazing that um, throughout the world, and, and this is the beautiful thing about the Sabbath, throughout the world, we read these things and we come to the same sort of, it brings us together. It brings us in the same mind. It, it shows us the way. It, you know, what John was talking about, what Shelley was talking about, we, and what Shoshi was talking about, we all, you know, we, we, we were talking about the same things today, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, and it's so beautiful just to sit with, with uh, fellow, fellow believers. And, I uh, oh, mean, it's just, uh, I just thank you yeah, for, for everybody, you know, and all the uh, voices. Amen. Well, you know, Chris, we wouldn't be the same group without you, Chris. You know that. And You'd be much more peaceful. <laughs> now, now you, watch, you watch John and Shelly take off on their YouTube channel. They'll be, you know, they'll be as popular as Huntley and Brinkley, you know. <laughs> all right blessings blessings to everyone wait chris you can't go yet john's oh, got a question sorry oh john <laughs> now he's run away no no i i was just gonna let the dog in that's all i was gonna do <laughs> oh well that's similar that's similar <laughs> okay just wanted to double check with you yeah but you know the beauty the beauty of today's torah portion chris that i think is so wonderful is that the way the torah portion is going this year we're really seeing it unfold again. We're seeing it unfold again in our lives right before our very eyes. And because we are trapped in this rain right now, you know, and that's not just a light statement. When you look at the, the control centers of power, talking about the crown of London, Washington, DC, the Vatican, you know, they have an Egyptian obelisk as the source of their authority sitting in the middle of their garden, if you will. That's, you know, the authority by which they operate, you know, and they are Pharaoh. And all of the leadership that is under the guise of the Vatican, that you know, that comes under Rome, all of that leadership, you know, they they are in the in the they're in the seat of Pharaoh, and you can see it very clearly that Yah is hardening their heart. And, but you know what you we know what the Torah tells us. The Torah tells us that Yah is going to harden their heart until such a time as when He does act, there will be no question that it is Yah acting. Not Russia, not China, not some conspiracy, not the deep state, not the whatever. It's going to be very clear. It is Yah who did this. And because it is Yah who did this, you need to you, you suffer the consequences and then come away understanding that it was Yah who did it. And of course, as John pointed out in, in Yashar, Pharaoh turned and praised Yah because he came to understand who it was that had smote him, you know, and when you look at Isaiah 9, 9, 11, really, it says, you know, that's the passage that says, you know, the bricks have fallen, we'll replace with hewn stones. The sycamores have fallen, we'll plant cedars. You know, we're going to build yeah. back better. We're going to make America great again. You know, we're coming back. We're going to do, we're going to be more strong than we were before. 
all this arrogance, right? All this arrogance. And we come forward with all this arrogance. And the scripture says, never once do they turn to look upon he who smote them. They will not look to Yah and say, why did this happen? Well, it happened because you cursed yourself. It happened because you did not repent. It happened because when I called you to repentance, you completely ignored it. Now, that was what? That was 20 years ago that that happened. 20 years ago. So Yah has given us 20 years to repent. Did we? Mm-hmm. Not at all. And so now he is hardening Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh has taken the straw out of the brick. Let's see if you guys can make a living now. Right? We're going to call your business non-essential. That's, there goes the straw out of your business. We're going to force you to take this poison into your body. There's the straw out of the brick. You know, see, how's that grab you? Get Job out here to give us some other bad ideas, right? We're going to make them angry. Oh, you're not going to get to eat. You can't go to the store. You can't go to our pagan pageantry football games. Now, here's the thing. When you understand that a lot of the stuff they're restricting you from are mechanisms they've created to brainwash you to be a lover of the state, right? Oh, we're not, we're not going to allow you into our brainwash facilities anymore. Wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for discontinuing me. Right. And now they're finding, like in Europe, what's going on, they've got a real problem because all the major markets over there, you know, the big uh, chain stores, well, their shelves are empty. Why? Because all the suppliers who are unvaxxed can't sell their supplies to them. Oh, because it's more important for us to have our food delivered by somebody who's vaxxed than to have food. So they're all selling to the little markets, right? So the little markets have got full shelves. But the big box stores that were too big to fail, remember? The ones that were essential, these essential stores can stay open. The non-essential, mom and pops, you can close. Now what's happening? The farmers are selling only to the mom and pops, and the box stores are having empty shelves. Well, justice breached, right? And so Yah is moving, and we're going to see this, and as we continue in the Torah portion, keep this in mind, right? Very soon in the Torah portion, we're going to come to the point where Yah himself delivers face-to-face the covenant, where Yah himself delivers face-to-face the covenant. Now, are we going to be those who say, Moshe, you go talk to him. We can't deal with it. Nope. No, we're not doing that this time. This time it's hallelujah. Great, <laughs> great to see you. Great yeah. to see Amen. you. Call us on Amen. your team. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, so thank you. So, so, so Doc, is, you know, remember last week we talked about the palpable darkness, which was in last week's Torah portion. And, um, you know, we were talking about it today, and, and Charlotte just mentioned it again now. Yeah. Um, you know, do you, I mean, is this a thing that we feel because we definitely can feel this thing right now? We definitely know in the in the you know the believers definitely can feel that this is palpable darkness upon this earth right now, the, a, a darkness that we haven't seen uh, you know up to this deception. And um, I was just, you know, want to put it. We want to put it through through you guys. I mean, you know, can is this is this what what everybody's feeling right now? Because we certainly feeling it. Yeah. Good question. The palpable darkness. 
Well, I mean, you know, look, you're talking to a guy who lives in a place that only has five hours of daylight, right? So, of course, we feel pal palpable darkness. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding you, Chris. No, I mean, you can feel the darkness. I mean, I'll tell you, when, when we have a lot of friends in our fellowship <laughs> that work in a retail, you know, they work in stores. And so they're dealing with people all of the time, you know, customers coming in. And what the kind of stuff they're hearing is just unmitigated despair. You know, people are coming in. And now, because what's going on, right, is that the darkness is getting darker, but the light is shining brighter. And as the light shines brighter, what happens is these people can see your light and they're coming in. It's like, I can't go. I can't live through this anymore. That's true. I can't do this anymore. I can't deal with this anymore. I've, I've reached my end of the end of my limit. The end of, you know, I've gone to so many funerals. I can't go to any more. You know, we've had, you know, we hear testimony every single week about somebody else who's dying in the hospital. Every week we hear it in this little tiny community where we are. And so people are coming into the markets like, I'm just, you know, I can't go. And so some of the people in our fellowship are like, well, do you want me to pray for you right here in the market? You know, uh, let me give you a word. You know, are you thinking about this? And so we met a new gal in our fellowship last night. She had walked into one of the stores Hallelujah. and she was in despair. And one of the gals in the fellowship says, well, you know, do you have any fellowship anywhere? Do you, you know, do you, and she says, she says, well, I don't, but let me ask you, what Bible do you use? And Sue says, well, we use uh, the Sefer. She says, you use the Sefer? She says, yeah. She says, I just got my new Millennium Edition, right? This is in the supermarket. And then Sue says, well, you know, the editor is over. Is the guy teaching in our Bible study. Here you come, you know. So she came over last night. So we met, we met her last night and it was, you know, it was fantastic. But the point is... Uh there are so many, yeah, it was incredible, Chris, but you know, the, the point is, is that there are people who are in abject despair right now. And the more you, if you get outside of your house and you look around, go into your old coffee shop and so on, you'll see it. You'll see the darkness. You'll see it. And you'll see people who are going on to talk about it. Right. But they're there. And, uh, you know, for us, we need to, that's why we need to be, oh, wow. Tsunami works San Fran to Gabriella. Wow. Wow, Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was coming in. Yeah. From Tonga. But the thing is, Chris, is that we need to be the light in that darkness. We need to be the light yeah, and that amen. dark. You know, and you know, the night, the night that death came into, into Egypt was a dark, dark night. And, you know, and, and this is, you know, I, I'm telling you, I know it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. All right, Chris. Well, thank you. Blessings to you and Melissa and your new friend, Charlotte, or, our new friend, Charlotte. Glad she's here with us. Okay, take care. Let's go to Raina. Raina, how are you? Hello. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Uh, I like to be the last because I have uh, something to share and something that I want. Uh, okay, so you want me to come back to you? If you don't mind. Well, no problem. No problem. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Raina. Okay, Bettina. Good morning, Dr. P. P. Good morning. I almost blew it again. Um, Hi, Debbie. Hi. <laughs> I almost put, 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 put. Okay. Um, I just wanted to bring up this about the name. 
everybody pretty much reads out of the new King James, right? Because the old, the original King James, I don't think anybody has that anymore. But out of this right here, if you look in Psalm 67, I'll be quick. 60, what did I say? 67, 4, 6, 7, 8. 67, yeah. It has the name Yah, Y-A-H. And then if you look again in, I only have a couple, I'm sure it's in other places, but just a few. Then if you look again in Isaiah, was it 12? <coughs> Isaiah, where does he at? Somewhere in Isaiah, 12 or 13. I had a mark, but it's been a long time today. It, the name is also there. And then if you look again in Isaiah 38, 11, I shall not see Yah. So, but what cracks me up is it says, I shall not see Yah. The Lord is in the land of the living. So either they forgot to take these names out through these things, because I can't find it anywhere in the New Testament. But all I'm saying is, you know, this name is there. So anybody that has a problem with somebody that wants to argue with them about the name, send them to these passages. And show them the name is there. They either forgot to take them out, or no, they leaked, they, they leaked uh, they, they leaked the truth in just a couple of places. They would leak the truth, like in the New Testament in the King James version. You'll find the name for Elijah as Eli Zeus. Really? Yeah. It only appears once that way, but in 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 the New Testament in the King James, Eli Zeus. And you're looking at that going, Eli Zeus, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, because for many of the interpreters and for many of Christianity out of the Roman tradition, Zeus was Yahweh. Yeah, right. And, I know that. Know, and, and so, and that is a dangerous proposition, right? And so when we look at it, we just say, well, look, the original text, which, you know, and we have to, and, you know, nobody has an original of anything, but the oldest texts on earth, or what were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. There was no Masoretic Nicodote on any of it. And they declared the name Yahweh. And there's some text, even in the Aramaic block, that went back and put the Paleo version of the yod heh like on Shoshi's t-shirt. They had the Paleo version of the yod heh uh, in, inserted inside the Aramaic block. Right? Yeah, there it is, the yod heh And so you see that when you're talking, when you when you see the the differences here, you see something really important. And yeah, it's in the it's in the 1560 Geneva, it's in the 1611 KJB, it's in the NKJB. Yeah. yeah well, okay. Cool. So just in case anybody wanted to know, I found the other one. It's Isaiah 12, 2, Psalms 68, 4, and Isaiah. 11, Isaiah 38, 11. The name Yah is in those three, and it might be somewhere else. I just haven't found it yet, but it's definitely in those three. Yeah. Yeah. And there have been people that out there that say, oh, you know, the name Yah is a nickname. Well, no, it's not. It appears 45 times as Yah, and it may appear many more times than that if you take the suffix of the Yod off the back end. So there's a word out there called Yahi, Yahi, and it appears in Genesis 1-3, Yahi, and Yahi is probably Yah with a suffix, right? 
It's uh-huh. Yah with a suffix. It's not he with a prefix. It's Yah with a suffix. And if you count that, then you're going to see there's the name Yah appears a lot more often than just the 45 times it appears as yod Hey, which you know primarily is in Isaiah and in the Psalms, right? And what so, what what word is it in Genesis 1 3? Because it's not the King James. Yeah, Yahi, Yod, Hey, Yod. Because it says God in the King James. So I don't know what what Bible you would be talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, let me see if hold on just a second. And this one since, just in Genesis 1 3, it says God. You're, you're raising the issue. Just one second. So let's see if I can find it. Yeah, here we go, right here. Okay, now let me share the oh, screen here yeah. and I'll show you. Okay, just a second. So when you look at, at Esword, you'll, you'll see it. And so now look at this, I'll show you. If you, I hope you guys can see this. If you look here. No, not yet. Okay, go ahead. Okay, you can see me now? Yeah. Yes. Okay, now look, now look here, okay? You see this word right here that I'm circling right here? That yod right. hey yod. See that? Yes. Yod hey yod. Now, when you click on that, it tells you that the word is he yod he. See? See. When you, when you look at it in the text, you see very clearly it's yod he yod. You see it? Yeah. They took the- see? Yeah. This is why I'm yeah, telling you, yeah. the Strong's, Strong's is like, hey, well, guess what? Uh, you know, one size fits all. Right. Put your foot in there. And if you look again, you'll see the word again right here. Now, here where you see it, this is it's got a vav preceding the yod, hey, yod. Right. So it comes so, out. Vaya. So what this phrase reads is va yamer Elohim, va yamer Elohim, and spoke Elohim, va yamer Elohim, yahi or the yahi or I am light and I am light. Translated in English as, let there be light, and there was light. Cool. But you see the word yahi. Now, you see Strong's, it totally ignores it, because they don't want you seeing the yod hey standing by itself. Right. Now, if the yod hey, so here's the yod, yod, a little thing here, yod hey, meaning yah. If this is if this is the yod hey, then we have this other yod over here. Well, this is likely a suffix, which would mean my right, myself. So I myself yah am light, and I myself yah am light. That's basically what the phrase really says. But you would have to pull out this yahi and do an independent word search through the textus receptus in Hebrew not through Strong's to find its location. Because you can't find it through Strong's because they, they don't identify the word. They lie to you about it. Right. See? So this is, this, is, this, is one of the, this is one of the big the biggest problems that you have when anytime you're doing any of this, uh, a, a, anytime you're doing any of the, um, you know, anytime you're doing any of the annotation, anytime you're doing any of the study, really, of the Hebrew, you have to work through, you have to deal with the fact that Strong's is not telling you what's actually there. And when it comes to the name Yahusha, they just flat lie. They lie. Yeah. It's a lie. And so this is why, okay, I'm going to stop sharing. Okay. So I wanted to show you that. So, you know, and remember, eStore is a free download. Okay. It's a free yeah, download. Yeah, I have eStore. Right? I okay. need it for work. 
All right, Tina. Well, thank you for that word. Thank you for that. And it's good to see you back in health over there, Debbie. Thank you so much for your prayers last week. Okay. All right. Don't do too much skiing. I saw pictures out of Idaho that was up over the heads of the horses. The snow was up over the heads of the horses. <laughs> Not here. We're <laughs> pretty much melting now. Oh, that's good to hear. Good to hear. All right. Good. You're on the way to spring. Uh, Tomorrow. No, it, it's, it's still really cold. It's just not white. Well, just, you know, believe, believe. All right. All right. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Thanks, Tita. Okay. Gabriella, are you there? Who's there? Yay. Hey, I'm there here. Okay. <laughs> Shabbat shalom, brother Steve. Shabbat Steven. shalom. I'm glad you're here with us. Well, thank you. I would have um, three uh, questions uh, of from Bible, and uh, maybe I can share a little bit my dream and one prayer request, if I can okay. do. Okay. First question is about uh, Yeski, Hezekiel. Yeskiel 47, between three verses three and five. I don't understand that. what it means like um, uh, the waters were to the ankles and uh, waters were to the knees and waters to swim in. What does it mean? Okay, I'm, I'm going to try to find. Are you talking about Isaiah 47? Ezekiel. Oh, 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 Ezekiel. Okay. All right. Hold on. This one second. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I know the, um, yeah, you're in, you're in Finland. Yes. In Finland. Yeah. yeah and so, uh, so I know in, um, uh, in the, in the Slavic countries, of course, the, the numeration of the, of the books in scripture are completely different. And, um, also, the names are, you know, it takes a little bit to use. Okay, so 47, which verse again? Uh, from three to five. Okay, three to five. So what we have is, and when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters and the waters were to the knees. And again, he measured a thousand and brought me through and the waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen, waters to swim in a river that could not be passed over. So he's trying to tell you here that, again, this is a measurement, right? And so, uh, so uh, the waters, okay, so, uh, then he brought me out of the way of the gate northward, led me about the way into the other gate, but looks eastward and behold, there ran out waters on the right side. So he's talking about the waters flowing out of the temple, right? Now, I personally believe, I think this is metaphorically speaking, it's a metaphor. And I talked a little bit about this on Thursday night. It's extremely important for people to understand in scripture that much of scripture is speaking metaphorically. Like when, when Solomon says, write this on the table of your heart. Don't you know, open up your chest looking for some oak table with four legs on the bottom of it, because that doesn't exist, right? There's no table over there. There is, that is speaking metaphorically. When David says, the trees shall clap your hands, don't em embark on a scientific project looking all over the world for trees that have hands, right? This stuff is metaphorically. And in this case, I think what, what, I, what Yekez Kiel is teaching us here is that 
first of all, when you talk about when you talk about this this description of the temple in the last days, if you measure this by Isaac Newton's cubit, or you measure it by uh, you know the the formal cubit, which they say is you know from the elbow to the the fingertip, right? Well, there it is. I'm going to do it this way so you don't think it's a flat or simple. <laughs> <laughs> from the elbow to the fingertip, right? That this was the cubit. Well, in Ezekiel's case, I don't think so. I think the cubit in Ezekiel's case is this right here. The square of the hand, the cubit. Okay. But either way, he's talking about, he's saying, okay, if you recall, when you get into this study, he's telling you that there are 12 gates in this temple and they're named after the 12 tribes, including Dan, by the way, which is included in this group. And then he's telling you that the water is flowing. He says, one side you go out and it's not very deep. Other side, a little bit deeper. Other side, much deeper. The other side, swim only, right? And I think that has to do with, he's talking about the measure of Yah's grace here. I think that's what he means metaphorically, okay? Uh, but, you know, I'd have to go back and look at this in greater detail, Gabriella, to give you a, 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 a more comprehensive answer, okay? Okay. Okay. Next. And the next next question is Revelation 8, 11. Wormwood, could that be Yahusha, who brings bitterness to ungodly people? Yeah, no, the wormwood issue is a very interesting question because, uh, again, the wormwood could be speaking metaphorically. Remember that wormwood, another name for that is, I think it's ameth, amethyst. No, uh, you remember the Chernobyl event that happened in Ukraine, right? Yes. And of course, Chernobyl in Ukraine literally means wormwood. Yes, I know. Next to our country, we yeah. get that we got that uh, cloud from Chernobyl, Chernobyl when it went nineteen eighty six. Wow, wow, yeah, that was uh, that was one of the worst events in history. But you see that so there was you know there is that black story, the idea of the black story, Chernobyl, the black story. And that being associated with wormwood, and maybe wormwood is some kind of radioactivity. Uh, now, is Mashiach that that star that is called wormwood? I don't know. There's been a lot of people. Again, everybody thinks they know what Revelation says, but we really don't until we see it actually coming true, and then it starts to unveil it, unveil itself. Is there a star called wormwood? Now, when you talk about a star, if you're gonna if you're gonna you know uh, use strict construction of exegetal, exegetal construction in Revelation. Revelation 1 tells us that the seven stars in Mashiach's hands are seven angels. Remember this? Exactly. There's seven angels. So if that's the case, then this star, and then, so look at verse 10, and the third angel sounded and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon a third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Now, more likely, if this is going to be an analogy, it says what? That there fell a great star from heaven. Now, if it's an angel, the star is an angel, then the angel would be a fallen angel. You're talking about a fallen angel. And the fallen angel falls upon a third part of the waters, right? It fell upon a third part of the rivers and a third of the fountains of waters, which means what? He fell on the sources of life. Remember what Mashiach said. 
I am living water. I will give you living water. And so whatever the water is, this fountain of life, this fountain of life that's coming, this fallen angel falls upon to one third of it. In my opinion, this is a prediction. This is just one, one version of it. This is a prediction that Satan is going to mislead one third of the world. He's going to mislead one third of the world and he's going to mislead one third of the world unto their death. And it's going to be through what? It's going to be through a poisoning of the waters, right? A third part of the waters became wormwood and many men died of the waters. This could very easily be a prediction concerning the jab and how many people on earth are going to die from exactly right and so this could be predicting one third of the earth dying from this wormwood that is the result mm. of the fallen watcher and who is this fallen watcher that came here well you know in revelation 12 it's going to tell us satan is Not kicked fallen. out of heaven and he's cast down to earth sounds like a fallen watcher right so yeah. that's a very good analysis gabriella so thank you okay let's continue Yes, uh, about uh, two witnesses. Uh, I can't remember where did I read that it was uh, spoken that Joshua and Caleb are my two witnesses. Yeah, that's written in the Torah portion. That's written in the Torah portion. Yeah, that Yahusha and Caleb would be the two, are, are the two witnesses to Moshe, right? And these are the two witnesses that came back and gave a favorable report that, yes, we can go into the land and take on the giants, right? And so, I mean, you know, so there's a whole bunch of questions when we talk about these two witnesses, right? Because when people say, well, that's going to be Elijah and Moses. <coughs> okay, well, let's answer the first question. There's a first question that's kind of ab initio, as we say in the legal business. Are you saying there's reincarnation? No. no. And I'm not I'm not asking that question to you, Gabrielle. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking the question kind of generically, right? Are you saying there's reincarnation? Well, I mean, well, look, you know, the disciples come to Mashiach and they say, you know, it's written that Elijah should come first. What does Mashiach say to them? I tell you the truth, Elijah has come, but you do not know him. So was Elijah reincarnated in John the Baptist? Right? I mean, so these are these are big questions, right? When you start talking about who are the two witnesses. And so even though Joshua and Caleb, you know, I did a show on the two witnesses recently. And I, I've, I've come to conclude that the two witnesses are the word and the ruach, the written word and the, and the motion of the Holy Spirit, which has been testifying for 2000, for 3,500 years now, and will continue to testify during this time and will convict. The word will convict. And I think when you're talking about the two witnesses being dead in the street, this is because the whole world is going to finally say, no more. Don't allow one more word of that stuff to be printed, to be spoken, to be taught, nothing. We don't want to hear any of it, right? That's where they're going to try to go. I don't think they're going to get there, but I mean, you know, so, but I mean, who knows? I mean, we really don't know. But anyway, it's a good point, Gabrielle. I mean, you're making a really good point. Okay. Third question. Um, actually, it's fourth, but... Uh, I'm going to switch, uh, not to tell my dream, but to ask a question. Um, past three years, I have uh, followed that from north comes some kind of light from sky. 
and every year it's a uh, uh, more bri uh, lighter, brilliant, more uh, more light. I started to follow that light from north, like 2018, 19, 20. 21 and now it's even brighter and since you are in north too have you seen this like you have normal black sky in night time but in north comes some kind of light have you seen this well i mean of course we have you know what's called the aurora borealis up here the northern lights right which light up the sky in color and they're really quite beautiful and spectacular when you see them which is good because they take your mind over the, off the fact that your feet are freezing because it's 40 below, right? <laughs> Which is when you usually see by the Aurora Borealis. But where you live in Finland, you know, there's been some interesting stuff. There was a, some huge spiral light that was seen over uh, Norway. Yeah. And I don't remember when that was, 2016, maybe 2017, but there was some huge 16. spiral light. And there are people that have been looking at that and going, okay, there's something unusual that's happening out of Norway. And we don't know if that is a, um, you know, some kind of a portal or something else, but you're also in a different, in an, uh, an interesting spot being in Finland that, you know, there's uh, the way the, um, the polar, uh, the polar North Pole is moving. The North Pole has shifted dramatically from Canada all the way to the coast of Siberia. And that's made a huge difference in what's going on on the earth. And it's causing the earth to, you know, as Isaiah says, wobble like a drunkard, right? And it's also done some weird things to the, the geomagnetic uh, array around the earth. So the earth, like Nikola Tesla described the earth as a cathode. So you have, you know, you have the electromagnetism around the earth like this. Coils. But, but when, you, when the pole moves, you get this geomagnetic shift where you have a big one on this side and a little one on this side. Well, that causes holes. And it causes holes that allow for a substantial UV radiation to come in and other problems. So there's something going on where you are that is unusual. And, uh, you know, like I said, we see the Northern Lights, but we haven't seen anything inordinate in terms of um, like a, a bright shining light coming through. And uh, so if you see any of that and you can get some reports of that, it'd be great to see some pictures of it if you can capture it at all. That yeah, I have pictures. Yeah, I can yeah, send that, them to you. Yeah, that would be good to see. Okay. Yeah. And one thing more, any more, um, prayer request, please. Um, I'm struggling to stop smoking cigarettes. And this is like really, really, really hard. That well, Gabriella, I, listen, why stop smoking now? You know, your lung feels good. You know, the I'm just kidding you, right? You know, I used to have a friend that used to say, there's a little black spot on my lung today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's a little bit bigger Holy. than yesterday, right? You know, the thing is, when it comes to the quitting of smoking, right? Uh, it's a very serious addiction. Whenever you have an addiction, you think that, oh, I can go get the patch. I can go get this. I can do that. I can do the other thing and I can quit. You know, back when I used to smoke, which was more than 35 years ago, uh, you know, I quit smoking over 20 times a day. I mean, what was my problem? I, you know, get out of here, right? You know, <laughs> but the... But the truth is that when it comes to quitting smoking, the Ruach HaKodesh has the power to remove it. Yes. The Ruach That's has the I power to remove need. it. And, and But the thing is, there's two things that have to happen concerning it. One is you have to desire the Ruach to move it. 
you know, and I can remember, I remember when I quit smoking, man, I hated smoking. I hated it with a purple passion. And I was like, you know, I hate this and I keep changing brands. So that one stinks too. I can't stand that. I can't stand this. I can't stand that. And uh, finally, I just went, okay, that's it. When I quit, I had an entire carton of cigarettes in the refrigerator. And I just left it there. My friends would come over and I'd say, well, you know, you guys can smoke them, but I'm not smoking them because I don't do that anymore. And the Ruach just took it away from me. It was just like, done. And there was no temptation at all. I mean, there was zero, no temptation. It was just done. That was it. And I'm not saying that works for everybody. And I'm not saying anything works per se. But what I'm telling you is that there's two things you have to do. One, you have to want to quit. And then that has to be a genuine desire in your heart. And then you have to lift it up to the Ruach and pray to the Ruach that he takes it from you. And the Ruach, it's just like in getting the Sabbath. You know, if you're not getting the Sabbath where you work, you have to pray for the Sabbath. Don't try to force it. Pray for the Sabbath and watch what happens. And there will be a miracle happen when your boss comes in and says, hey, guess what? You're no longer working on, on Shabbat. And it's the same thing with cigarette smoking. You pray for it and then let the Ruach work because the Ruach will take it completely from you. You just you wake up one day and it's like, I'm not doing that. And it'll be gone. What won't be gone is the smell on all your books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not smoking inside, but, but I can testify that I was a heavy drinker, drinker in past life. And uh, since I came to, to the path of Torah since 2001, uh, I, can, I can testify that uh, drinking just, it just fell away from my daily system. It just went away. I did See? nothing. I didn't decide anything. It just, I have loads and loads of alcohol there and I have no passion to it. Yeah, so there you go. So the Ruach just takes it away, right? Yeah. The Ruach just, oh yeah, I can take that right from you. And it's a very good thing. And, you know, and, the, and the thing is, is that in all of these things, you know, whenever you're, you're dealing with that or you're dealing with a chronic illness is another one. You know, these things are the kinds of things that you have to want to be rid and then you have to pray about it and let the Ruach work. Now, sometimes the Ruach doesn't say yes. Right. Sometimes the Ruach does not say yes. But when it comes to things like a, an addiction with smoking, yeah, the Ruach can walk you through that. There's harder addictions. You know, if you're addicted to meth or you're addicted to heroin or something like that, this is going to be a much more difficult process. But if you're if you've been a lifetime smoker, you can still get away with it. You can still get away from it because Yah will take it from you. Yah will take it away from you. And you'll bless the day it happens. And then it will come a day when you completely forget that you were ever, ever attached to cigarettes yeah it's like um i'm so sad about one thing that uh, the cigarette pl smoking place outside the shopping malls and stuff like that that those are the places where i can testify about yah and yahusha the most the people who oh, are wow. small meek and you know they are not like the small people here yeah you know what i mean like they are yeah not i know like i mean it. those kind of people are, are would be interested in that kind of conversation too yeah you know, you'd be able to talk to them as compared to going into a christian church and raising the name and then having a bunch of people with sticks beat you over the head and chase you out of the building <laughs> <laughs> 
it's like it's so effortless to you know to smoke and chit chat this and that and then suddenly start talking about Yahua and Yahusha and uh, and they are like really really interested that why do you say the name of Jesus to be Yahusha and then I of course try to imitate you and tell the real reason well don't thank me but I mean, there's lots of people who know the name is Yahusha besides me yeah lots you, of, lots I know that yeah but you know and the beauty of this is Gabrielle I mean you're, you're giving a great testimony here but just keep one thing in mind okay you could smoke a lot more if you didn't cough so much. I mean, I'll tell you, that's that's one. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding again. <laughs> you know, it's like me. You know, you know how I got my my smoking habit. You know, my guy, my dad caught me smoking a cigarette one time, and he said that that's it. Come out here behind the shed. And he took me behind the shed, and he had this big green cigar, and he cut off the end of it. Now smoke that, and so I did, and that's how I ended up with my cigar smoking habit. I mean, it was not good at all. I mean, Dad took me in the wrong. I'm just kidding. Okay, Gabrielle, listen, I'm going to pray yeah. for you, pray for you that you will be able to. Thank you. And for everybody else that's a smoker, you know, in this group, because, you know, it's not good. It's not good. And you need to let go of it. And yeah, will take it away from you. He will. Thank you, brother Stephen. You bet, Gabrielle. And thank you for being a part of our group. Shabbat okay, shalom. Thank you. Shabbat shalom. Let's go to cold country. Rob Barabinoff. How are you, Rob? Hey, uh, brother. Stefan. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, I, I actually have just a quick comment for, for my for my sister there. She's struggling with smoking. Um, what I've learned over the years uh, through ministry and stuff is, uh, especially with knowing the being in covenant with the through the word of Yahuwah, um, is that you have to understand and come to the revelation that this body is the temple of the rock. HaKodesh. Amen. And would you take these things, would you stand outside the temple and walk unclean into that temple, such as food, pork, whatever it may be? And the answer, obviously, when you know Yahuwah is, is no. So adding smoking or anything that's unclean into your body um, is wrong. You know that, you understand that, but you have to have the revelation that this is the temple of the Ruach HaKodesh. When you understand that, you can overcome anything, drugs, alcohol, relationships, anything. You have to understand that this is the temple and we represent. So when we walk into public, um, you can feel it. I, I mean, I can feel it. I, it's not, I am humble, but when you walk into public, you can feel that you are much cleaner than the people around you. I mean, everybody's fornicating, everybody, you can feel the uncleanness. So uh, uh, witnessing to somebody who's smoking outside of a, a mall or something, you can even do that however yeah i would do that but you gotta clean your temple you, you can't let anything come into this temple and that's our whole battle um in this existence that's our whole battle is to keep this temple clean and holy and that's why the word and the ruach the two witnesses are witnessing to people who know yahuwah or don't know yahuwah men women and children are understanding they don't want to put this poison into that temple and that is the revelation that they're having they don't understand it they don't know why Many of us, we, we just, we're not putting that garbage in our bodies. Uh, so, so it was the word and the Ruach witnessing to us. So everybody's looking around for the two witnesses. Well, they're here. Um, the other uh, understanding that I'm receiving um, is we are on the, uh, the edge of the window or right at the, the, the edge of the days being shortened. 
So if you think you can put your finger on something and say, this is how it's going to unfold, you, we're, we're going to, it's going to be even the elect, it's possible that they could be deceived because there's going to be a, a period of time and I, that window is opening up. Thus saith Yahuwah, that window is going to open up where that period of time is going to be shortened. We are very aware of that, but the rest of the world is going along with their, just thinking everything's fine, even though we see the shelves being emptied, we see all this stuff being emptied, and they are purposely doing that. Um, they think they're going to reestablish everything on the other side, but Yah has something coming for them. The days are going to be short. They don't have that time to reestablish that. It's not going to happen. Um, so there's that. Um, just a, a, just a little thing for for the uh, for the for the wormwood. Okay, uh, Proverbs. Uh, five, it says here, uh, my son, intend unto my wisdom and bow your ear to my understanding that you may regard discretion and that your lips may guard knowledge for the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two edged sword. There's a reference as a two edged, the reference there of a two edged sword, in which we know is the word of Yahuwah. And that's why I, I, it's, a, it's of my understanding that Wormwood is the bitter, it is the bitter gospel. It's the incorrect gospel. Co what comes with the name of J-E-S-U-S -S is a false gospel. And you can search that everywhere. Because uh, no, pick, people pick and choose the gospel, how, they, how it needs to be. And obviously, they can be keeping certain commands and all sorts of stuff, but they still avoid the true Torah. Uh, they, they, they avoid the instructions. And that really comes down to the understanding back to understanding that this is a temple and we can't just uh, uh, believe and think there's things that we have to physically do and walk out how to conduct ourselves with our brothers and sisters, how to guide, uh, how to use instruction correctly. Uh, people, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And everybody stops there because they reject knowledge. They reject the truth. They reject the covenant, the name of Yahuwah through Yahusha. They reject the covenant that is, we need to be in. And, and, and for example, in Revelation, I know they speak of all the churches, but in, in the book of Revelation, the only people that are saved from that are the, are the people of Yasharel. That's it. If you're not in covenant with Yasharel, this is, this is not for you. That's why the churches don't even teach Revelation. Because it's not for them, and they are correct. They are teaching wormwood, bitter. And people are. Um, Yah says this. Uh, he, um, will you be offended? Most people are going to be offended, men, women, or children, because they were taught the incorrect things. And when this uh, anti-Messiah shows up on the scene, which I would believe would operate through JESS, it's going to be a problem because. Um, they don't, the, the character that they know does not have the, uh, the, the, uh, the characteristics of our Yah, of our righteousness and truth and, and all these, uh, all the things that we understand that have been given to us through the Ruach. Um, again, the word, the, the word and the Ruach, uh, the, the, uh, the breath and the, uh, uh, the word, um, the other scripture, the other thing that I got was uh, uh, Psalms 148, uh, where Yah speaks of uh, stormy wind fulfilling his word. That was a word that I got this last week. Stormy wind fulfilling his word. 
And that's mm-hmm. what we're seeing. We're seeing this wind and it's actually hardening the hearts of people. At the same time, it's bringing his people all in the same, the same flow of the wind. It's bringing his people back to him, back to covenant, back to truth. At the same time, hardening Pharaoh's heart. We are in that window of that time being short and ready to, for Yah to pull us out of this. I, I pray I got everything out that I <laughs> well, Crazy Rob, what a fantastic word today, man. I'm really glad you brought that. I'm really glad you brought that center, front and center. Very powerful, very strong word. <clears throat> and I think you're dead on it. I mean, I think all of that stuff is, is right on. Yeah. And 148, right? In Psalm 148. Yep. Hallelujah. From the earth, ye dragons and all deeps. Remember, we had this dome discussed by Shelly here earlier, the deeps, right? Fire and hail snow and vapor stormy wind fulfilling his word yeah and and of course we're seeing this stuff you know now we see so many events that are on the earth that have never really happened before you know all these volcanoes going off all these earthquakes everywhere you know and, and what you hear from the from the newscasters all over the place record this record that you know record snowfall record high wind record cold temperature record this record that you know, records all over the place. Why? What's going on? And of course, one one thing that Jim Staley said in his word, he said, there will be floods, but there will be the drying up of springs at the same time, right? And we yes. this is what we have going on. The Nile's drying up, the Euphrates is drying up, yet Europe is getting pounded with inordinate floods out of nowhere, right? Next thing you know, the streets are full of water. Hawaii is, you know, the streets were full of water this morning. So, you know, so we're seeing, you're right, we're seeing the hand of Yah, and Yah is moving in huge, huge ways now on the earth. And he's moving on behalf of his children, but not just on behalf of his children. You know, we, we look and we think the earth is all about us. Yah, here's our prayer because we're front and center. We're in the center. You know, we're the people of your eye. We're, well, he doesn't say we're the people of his eye. He says Jerusalem is the people of his eye, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, Sherelle. Yeah, but, but in our mind, we're everything. You know, we're the important thing. But yep. this creation was by him, through him, and yes. for him. And for him. Now, with the statement you made about the temple, you know, <clears throat> Paul is always condemned. Oh, Paul, he's an anti-Torah guy. And he taught this and everything, right? But Paul is the one who says in Romans 12, right? Make yourself a living sacrifice, comma. What follows that? Holy and acceptable. Now, why would he use the word acceptable? Because what's acceptable is a sacrifice. Unblemished. Unblemished is what is acceptable to Yah. And the word that you gave today, I think is really, really important, Rob. You gave just really fantastic uh, teaching, which is this. We are the temple and the quest in all of life is to keep that temple clean, to keep that temple unblemished. Now, Day and night, all the time, yeah. For a lot of us who had a badly polluted temple, you know, you know you're going to have to come in there, sweep it out, take out that rotten altar that used to be in there where the pig was sacrificed, get rid of it, get another altar of unhewn stone. I mean, this is what Maccabees is all about, right? And this idea of Hanukkah. You know, Hanukkah is for those who weren't pure to begin with. You know, you need to rededicate yourself, right? Rededicate yourself. And the beauty of the New Testament and the whole equation of the New Testament is what? 
forgiveness, forgiveness, that the repentant heart, as Mashiach said to the woman who put the alabaster jar on the, around his feet, he said, you know, those who are forgiven much love much. But he also said, go and sin no more. No more. So when we talk about when we, so we talk about the temple about in terms of making the temple clean and keeping it clean, you're right. I mean, the business of like when I stopped eating pork, right? And of course, my difficulty wasn't in not stopping eating pork. My difficulty was in stopping eating shellfish. Because I mean, you know, I could always appreciate a good lobster or some king crab legs, you know. And but the thing is, is that Yah said, stop doing it. So I didn't look for any scientific studies on it, on it. When I understood the command, I stopped doing it. Why did I stop doing it? Because he told me to obey him. That's why I stopped doing it. And we're called to obedience, right? Mashiach says, go out and tell them to obey all that I have commanded them. We're called into obedience. And you know, the obedience, no, people don't like the word obedience. But I would rather obey Yah than to obey Joe Biden. Absolutely. You know, and even Peter says, is it better to obey you, Caiaphas, or Yah? You know, and so the, the thing is, when he calls us into obedience, now after he called me into obedience, then I find out, oh, gee, all kinds of people die from shellfish allergies every year. Yeah, then the science comes. <laughs> yeah, and then the science comes, and then you realize, what, 165 parasites in the average piece of pork? I mean, you know, when I, my friends would say, why did you quit eating pork? And I'd say, watch this video, right? When they take the two pork chops out of the package and they put it down in the frying pan and then they pour Coca-Cola over it and they come back an hour later and they're pulling maggots out of it, you know? It's like, wait a minute. Did I, was I going to have Coke with my pork chop today? No, don't do it. Anyway, but it is, it's a very good word because I think when we're talking about cleaning the temple and I, and I really want to thank Gabriella for coming forward with this issue because for a lot of people, it's still an issue, right? They're still addicted. Absolutely. And, and I really thank you for bringing that because we do want to try to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Yahweh. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just got one quick testimony here just to um, maybe help the brothers and sisters because uh, we overcome through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Um, can you used to hear me there? Okay. Um, uh, yesterday morning, I, I woke up. Um, it's been a long week. Uh, yesterday morning, well, yeah, yesterday morning, I woke up one more day of work to go through. Um, I felt tired. I got up, I did my workout. I could barely pick my legs up. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, but it felt like my spirit was outside of my body. It wasn't a bad thing. Yah was doing something with me, uh, with the spirit situation. So what I did is I did my workout and I fought through it. And then I did my normal routine. And then I just sat down. I just phoned in work. You know what? I'm not going to be in today. I couldn't figure out why, what the story was. Uh, and then uh, I just read some scripture in the morning. Um, wife had to go do some doctor stuff or whatever she had. Um, I, I read some scripture. I, read some, I went through some scriptures and things. Uh, I get a, uh, an email, uh, first an email. Uh, and then I had a couple of phone calls, really important phone calls. Um, I have two vehicles for sale. And this guy is uh, phoned me from Toronto. He wants, he's interested in my vehicles. I really need to sell them because I need to, my job's coming to an end at some point very shortly. Um, and uh, he wants to buy both of them. Uh, I would have not made that call. I would have not been around for that opportunity if that was not, and we still pray it still fulfills itself. 
but I would not have been around. I would have been working. I couldn't take a phone call. I couldn't deal with the things that uh, I have to deal with to, to explain to him what I have and what, we, what he's interested in. Um, so I, I didn't know why I was home, but now I, I know it was, uh, Yab wants me out of my work and he's going to provide. So, uh, that was, that's the testimony. Yeah. Amen. Yab. Amen. That's a great testimony, Robin. Again, once again, we see that sometimes it looks like adversity is coming upon you. Like when you first yeah. sit down your legs, but this ain't working, right? So adversity has come upon me, but the adversity that came upon you is Yah's direction. Because if Yah had told you, Rob, don't go to work today, you probably would have blown that off in your mind. You would have just said, well, was that Yah speaking or not? I don't know, but I need the money I'm going in, right? Typical guy. I, I, I work until, you, until I drop and that's it. And uh, I think yeah, I'm learning to have Yah provide for me because I'm a man and I, you know, I work, I, I do my thing. Uh, Yah wants to pull me out of that work because he has other work for me. Um, uh, all I know to do is just to keep grinding and, and that's right. all I know. So he's been working on me. And then I, I had, uh, we were teaching on uh, faith, uh, not fear on the, on the, on the 60 or 65 inch TV out where I would do my workout and I have your teaching on and I'm listening and you're talking about, uh, the, uh, the, the same time I'm going through this, you're talking about yeah, dealing in the spirit realm while we are still here on us. And I'm like, I could feel that separation. Like I'm here, but I'm not here. And it's not bad. It's not, it's not evil, but it's like, it's, it's a weird situation. Hard to, there's no words to describe it, but yeah, I was doing something, you know, uh, like pulling me by the hair, you know, I don't have much hair either, but <laughs> uh, pulling me by the hair and holding me back, you know, cause all I know to do is get up and just hammer out the day, you know, praise Yah, do all the things and then just, you know, prepare for Shabbat obviously. And um, yeah, he just said, Whoa, no, uh, yeah, stay home. I didn't even know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be Yah's provision and, and, you know, blessed be his name. Eh? Praise Yah. Yeah. Praise Yah. I, I better get off here so other people can talk. I, I love my brothers and sisters. They're, they're so, it's such a blessing to the, the uh, Shabbat gathering is phenomenal. Uh, I, I just, I love it. Um, I just, I, I pray that uh, the desire of my brothers and sisters hearts would all be answered. Uh, and Yah would provide everything that they need and require. And, um, they would receive wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and most of all, the fear of Yahuwah. Amen. Amen, brother. I second that prayer. Amen. Thank you. Okay, Elizabeth, are you here? Elizabeth? I'm coming. Okay. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. Um, let's see. Uh, a quick question, and please understand I'm new. You guys keep saying Torah portion. What do you mean by Torah portion? Okay, well, it's actually a recipe. Three parts flour, two parts sugar. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, the, uh, the Torah portion, Elizabeth, is, it was actually developed by Ezra. And he decided that he had to deliver the Torah to the house of Israel when they came back to build the second temple. And so he would deliver it publicly on the morning of Shabbat in front of the, you know, the building ground for the temple. Okay. And so what he did was he took the Torah portion and he divided it into 52 sections. So you have the five books of Moshe and it actually goes into the book of Joshua a little bit too, but you have these five books, you know, uh, so Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. 
And he would take those books and he divided them up into sections so you could read a story. So he would read, you know, the story of creation and then he'd read the story of Adam and Eve and then he'd read the story of Noah and the story of Abraham and the story of Sarah. And so you, these were broken up into portions and he gives them under titles uh, that, are, that are usually the beginning word of the Torah portion in Hebrew. And uh, so we have the, we like, um, I forget who was showing that, the Parshat book. But yeah, Shelley was showing the Parshat book. The Parshat is what's called the Torah portion. That's Hebrew for Torah portion. So this particular Parshat has three sections to it. You have the Torah portion, which is called the Parshat. And then you have the prophets portion, which are readings out of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. And that's called the Haftarah. And then you have what's the called prophets. The, yeah, the prophets, the prophets. And, and then you have the readings out of the Gospels called the Besorah. And so you have a reading out of Moshe's Torah, the first five books. Then you have readings of the prophets. And then you have the readings of the New Testament and the Gospels. And so that's the Torah portion. And so it's a, it's a cycle. Now, if you go on the Sefer website, you can find the Torah portion published. And I've been trying to keep up with this year. We've been adding audio to the Torah portion. So you don't have to read it. You can listen to it if you want. But, okay. um, but we have been adding the Torah portion. The, so all of the Torah portion is there. So you don't have to necessarily even get the Sefer or even the Parshat. You can go there and click online and click the Torah portion. It will come up on your screen. And then you can read this week's Torah portion. So it's the, kind of the tradition of the house of Yasharel to read the Torah portion in an annual cycle. So you begin reading from Genesis following the Feast of Tabernacles. You start reading in Genesis. And then by the time you get to the Feast of Tabernacles next year, you will have read all of the five books of Moshe. And you will have read some of Joshua. And you will have read some of the Kings. And you will have read a bunch of the prophets. And you will have read portions from the gospel. Okay. All of those things will come together. And so when we talk about the Torah portion, it's really kind of, um, now we're in the book of Exodus. And so we're in, I think, the third Torah portion in Exodus. And it is uh, dealing with the plagues that came upon Pharaoh before the house of Israel left. So that's what it is. So, so let's, let's review that, Elizabeth, so you've got a good handle on it. So the Torah portion is the reading of the five books of Moshe okay. uh, over a year in 52 different portions. Those portions are called the Parshat. An individual one is called Parsha. Then you have the readings of the prophets, which is called the Haftarah. And then you have the reading of the gospels, which is called Besorah. Okay. And, and they're not, and when you get to the readings of the prophets, it's not complete. And same thing with the gospels, it's not complete. But it is some reading for you, right? Okay. Now, there were some people who said I should have added uh, an additional portion which includes readings from the book of Enoch, the book of Jubilees, the book of second Baruch, et cetera. You know, nah, it's a good idea, but right now it's not on the plate because my timetable is like, I can't do that. I can't get there from here. You know, I mean, there's only so much I can do in a day. Well, I, I have actually found those and I've been listening. You have a nice reading voice, by the way. Oh, thank um, you. Um, so I've, I have been listening. I just didn't, Whenever it comes up, the tour portion, the tour portion, I kept thinking, what exactly are you talking about? So thank you. I wasn't sure if it was, was supposed to be the lesson at the beginning of, you know, Shabbat or 
Our, it's quite our, often it's quite often read on Shabbat, and it's quite often discussed in Shabbat communities like this one. Many many communities they they spend the day of Shabbat discussing the Torah portion. Okay. But remember that when you discuss the Torah portion, it's also important to discuss the entirety of the Torah, which the entirety of the Torah is all of Scripture. That's the complete Torah. And, you know, you should not be delineated into just saying, we only read Moshe. There's the rest of scripture. And so to, today we've heard passages out of the Psalms. We've heard passages out of Proverbs. We've seen a lot of passages that are also included in, in, in the portion and in our understanding. And uh, so, you know, um, just, you know, it's very easy for the pendulum to swing when you're new into this. to just, well, I'm going into Moshe's Torah and I'm not coming out, right? And then everything is Moshe's Torah and you forget about the writings of David and you forget about the teachings of Solomon and all these other things, right? So, yeah. you know, it, you, you take it easy when you go in there. And, and I'm going to try to keep coming with the, uh, with the audio production until we get the whole thing recorded. Then when I have the whole thing recorded, which I'll be done by the end of the year, when I have the whole thing recorded, then I will add these passages out of Enoch and Jubilees and stuff. Then we'll add some addition to the portion, to the portion. Okay, but not before okay. that. Okay. Also, I sent you a, a private message. Did you get it? Can you take a peek real quick and give me an answer? Because I, did you send it in the chat? Yeah, but strictly to you. Okay, let me see if I can find it. Just a minute. You can't believe how many people are over here chatting. It's like the Telegram page. <laughs> Right. No, 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 I understand. Good luck. <laughs> okay, I'm looking, but I'm not finding. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, you may have to send it to me in a little bit. Okay, well, I'm going to take a chance. Okay. Um, we're talking about the stopping smoking. Alan, uh, smoked. Alan smoked for many years. Uh -huh. He read this book, and halfway through the book, he just, he just stopped smoking. So I didn't know if if people were interested, I'm um, giving, got this one for a friend. It's Alan Carr's easy way to stop smoking. And you don't do anything. You just read it. You read it. And then, then you put a little bit of super glue right here and across both nostrils. Yeah, no, he, he literally, he had been trying, he had tried multiple times, different patches and, you know, almost halfway through, he just stopped smoking. Well, so, I'm glad to hear it. I mean, that's a great success story. Yeah, and he, he he got it from somebody at work that the same thing. So anyway, it's Alan Carr's easy way to stop smoking. Okay, so. terrific. Well, thanks for the tip. Well, so, Elizabeth, listen, it's really good to have you in our group. And thank you for being here. And don't be afraid about asking any questions. Okay. Because, because you know, everybody's at a different spot and we need to have clarity in what we're doing. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay. All right. Oh, let's, let's, thank, let's you. thank you, Elizabeth. All right. Let's get a word from Raina. Raina, how are you? How are you? I'm great. Are Steven? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm having, I'm, I'm actually having a good time here this morning on no sleep. That's why it's, I'm having so much fun. Okay. Uh, you know, as yeah, brought me to, um, that word that he gave me, the two-double-edged sword. Yeah. Uh -huh. That we spoke last Shabbat. Yeah. Uh, revelation, I'm going to use the, the word revelation to two. 
Keith Seelen. Two, two. Two, two. There. I know your works, your labor and your patience and how you cannot bear them, which are evil and how you have tried them, which say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. Now, uh, hold on, because uh, I, I wrote everything that that was being uh, revealed to me. So I was like, okay. Uh, two seven. Two seven. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Ruach says unto the called out assemblies. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of Elohim. That correlates with Matitiao 1343. 1343. Okay, let me see if I can get there. 1343. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay, now, Revelation 16, 7 to 21. I mean, and everybody can read that later if they... That's right, I got it. 16, 16 7. And I heard uh, another out of the altar say, even so, Yahweh Elohim Sebaot, true and righteous are your judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and the power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of Elohim, which has power over these plagues. Blaspheme the name of Elohim. What is his name? And what is his son's name? If you can tell. If you can tell. Amen. Amen. And I know, and I know, and I know, and you know, Raina, there is so much blasphemy going on right now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I know. And of course, they will be scorched with heat. And he has, yes. and, and Yahweh has the power over these plagues. Yes. Even then, they do not repent to give mm-hmm. him the glory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are very good verses that you have brought up here because, again, going back to 2 2. Two two is, I think, is a, is a significant issue, because, um, you know, you, who the called out these false apostles who claim they were apostles but are liars, right? Now, a lot of people they want to point to Paul and say, well, Paul was a false apostle, but I don't think that's the case. You know, if you read in the Book of Acts, there were these guys called the Sons of Sceva. I don't know if you remember them, but they had gone in and they said. Um, you know, we watch Paul do his stuff, you know, casting out demons and stuff. Let's go do mm-hmm. it. So they go into the house where the demons are, you know, we're casting you out in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And the demons say, well, you know, Yahusha, we know Paul, we know, but who are you guys again? Mm-hmm. They proceeded to work them over. Right. And they come running out of the building naked. Yeah. Right. Sons of Esau. Yeah. And so here they are. They're yeah. They're yeah. Sons of Esau. And so here they are. They're caught. Right. 
So, and, and they're claiming to be apostles when they are not. Now, you know, the difficulty is in our world is that we have many people who say, I am a sent one of Yahweh, right? Which is what an apostle would be. I am a sent one of Yahweh. But they are not. They're a sent one of a corporate seminary who's embarked them on a path to make a huge fortune if they can build it in a mega church, you know? And no. where is the, where is the, you know, where is the love of the word? And, you know, when, when, when you come, if you're a pastor, I'll just say this to you, you're a pastor and you're sitting in the church and you're reading something in scripture and it contradicts what was taught to you in the seminary. What's your inclination? And in almost all of their cases, it's, I'm going to go with what I was taught in seminary irrespective of what the word says, because I have a church to build. We've got a gymnasium to build. We've got a building campaign. We need some bigger screens, etc. Instead of looking to what the word says and readjusting your eyes. How many times I've had to readjust? I know what the word says. Oh, do you really? Here, let me, let me give you an adjustment, right? You're going for a chiropractic adjustment over there in the book of Isaiah. <laughs> now, when you go to Revelation 17, 1, all the way down, that's. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials. And he talked with me and said unto me, come hither and I will show you the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. Now, we know it's fornication because they're spiritually married to an idol. They're spiritually married to a false thing. And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. It's a good thing. So he carried me away in the Ruach into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet beast full of the names of blasphemy. It's not just one name, it's names, full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand. I mean, that's kind of obvious, right, as to who they're talking about at this point. It's kind of that's, obvious. That's the deceitfulness of so-called Mary and Esau. I don't want to because... Right there, Mary and Esau. Changing Miriam's name to Mary. Yeah, right. And Yahusha's name to Jesus, Esau. Esau, Esau, yeah, changing his name to Esau. Yeah, yeah, names of blasphemy. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 you're on it. You're on it here right now. And of course, then what? And she's got this golden cup in her hand full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. Now, you know, for people that have come out of the RCC, you know what we're talking about. When you go into uh, the mass, right, where they're going to, by means of incantation, summon the spirit of Yahusha to crucify him anew, which is what's going on at the mass. That's called transubstantiation. And you're doing things like dipping your fingers in holy water, 
genuflecting, praying to statues, you know, these kinds of things. The things you're doing there, those are all abominations, according to the Torah. They're abominations because you are, you're praying to a statue. There's no statue is supposed to be erected in the house of Yah, period, at all. John Calvin purged all the churches in Geneva. It was like, none of that stuff is here. Get them all out, right? But here you are, you're praying to the statue of Mary. Mm-hmm. Or, you're praying, you're, or you're praying to a crucifix with the Messiah on it. Supposedly. Yeah. But and that's of, deception because it's that, not. Yeah, all of that stuff is not supposed to be there at all. And, you know, no one wants to hear it. Yeah. But the house is full of the abominations and the filthiness of the fornication of the leadership of that religion following after false gods. That's what it comes down to. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babel the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. And guess what? I mean, it's wherever the authority, the mysticism, the teaching, the religion, the practices of Babylon are housed. Where is that leadership place? We know where it is. It's in Rome. And when you have it, when you have an Egyptian obelisk sitting in the center circle, it's supposedly St. Peter's Square, and it's the very site where they killed over 150,000 people of the true faith and built the church on top of their bones, right? Yeah. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the Kodashim. Well, who has been murdering the saints mm-hmm. since 200 AD, right? Yep. Oh, you're practicing Sabbath? Burn them at the stake. Burn, baby, burn. And the blood of the martyrs of Yahusha, and when I saw her, I wondered with great ad- admiration, right? And so it is, right? I'm going to leave it there because if I get into the rest of the chapter, we'll be here for another couple hours. Okay. I actually, I actually need to call it a day because I've, okay. run, I've run out of my schedule. My alarm clock's going off. Shabbat shalom. Is that okay? Yes. Shabbat shalom. Okay, Reda, We'll discuss it next. No? Thank you, sister. Okay, blessings to you. Amen. All right, guys. Well, let's pray. John, did you have a last word you wanted, you wanted to pipe or you wanted to ask Chris a question? No, <laughs> actually, no. But uh, Sister uh, Reina, I absolutely love it when you share because, again, today, uh, the chapter 16, verse 8, and the angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and the power was given them to scorch men with fire. And in Zechariah 13, that's how we're tried, as through fire. And that was just so powerful to me. You have always, I just love it when you share. That's all I want to say. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thanks for adding that. That's really good because we know that the fire is coming. eh? Okay. And James and Maria Isabel, you had one thing you want less, less you wanted to add. Uh, real quick, that brought to mind what Raina said, 2 Thessalonians, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses uh, 9 and 10. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and wonders of falsehood, and with all deceit of unrighteousness in those perishing because they do not receive the love of the truth in order for them to be saved. Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah. And, yeah. and, what, and what does it say following that? For this cause, Elohim shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. 
Yes. 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 And that's what's going on in the world today. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the typical question in America is, can I get another glass of that Kool-Aid, please? Yeah. 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 Jim Jones. The Jim Jones Kool-Aid. Jim yeah. Jones Kool-Aid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, brothers and sisters. Thank, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Shabbat shalom, brother Steve. Yeah, Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, thank you. Okay, guys. It was Shabbat wonderful. Shalom, everybody. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Shabbat Shalom. Bye-bye, guys. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Have, a, have a beautiful Sabbath. May the peace of Yahweh rest of you. Get some rest. Okay, brother. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.